I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, happy to fall on my face, but still okay with it, bionic. I, I don't know what it means either, ladies and gentlemen, but I do know that it's a new week of the Future Quake Show, and uh, we have a great guest that's with us for the first time. Yes. Mr. Jeff Ratt, who is the blogmaster of the Look Up Fellowship mm -hmm. uh, blog, and also a co-host of the radio show called The Big Finale, also with Bruce Collins. And uh, he's going to be talking this week about events and developments with hidden prophetic significance. Mm -hmm. and that guy, uh, I tell you, that guy can write. He's writing an machine. excellent blog with a lot of interesting information in it, a lot of interesting associations in it. And uh, he is a rising star mm -hmm. uh, of doing this kind of work. And it's just a real honor for us to have him on the show. But we don't have much time uh, on, on today, on Monday. So why don't we just go directly into it? Let's uh, you're going to find out some background about Jeff Ratt uh, in this, and then we'll start getting into the discussion in the later part of today. So no further ado, here's Jeff Ratt from Look Up Fellowship, and we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not Dr. Future, but still glad to be here, Bionic. I thought you'd work in a middle name about our our guest. Yeah, well, I was gonna I was gonna work for that, but nothing came to mind. Yeah. I actually thought about it coming over here. I guess if all else fails, we should introduce our guest. Yeah. Uh, this week we have a wonderful guest with us, Mr. Jeff Ratt, uh, blogmaster of Look Up Fellowship, uh, a wonderful uh, blog that we're going to be talking a lot about tonight, and the co-host of the great Big Finale Radio Show, and we're going to talk about events and developments with hidden prophetic significance. And uh, Mr. Rat, also known as J. Red, of course, online mm -hmm. in the Internet world, welcome to your first visit to the Future Quake Show. Uh, well, well, thanks for that great introduction, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here with the two of you. I mean, if I, if I may, just to start off, i got to thank you for inviting me on. I mean, I've, I've been a long-time listener, admirer from afar, and it's a real honor and pleasure just getting the chance to sit down tonight and have a live discussion with the two of you about a subject that uh, we're all so passionate about. You mean you were still willing to come on the show after having heard the show? <laughs> That's right. That's, That's amazing because yeah. we always discourage first-time guests from checking out the show before they come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Have you on, and then you get to look at the We can the always sneak yeah. one out of them before they get wise to yes. us. But you know the amazing thing that uh, our AM station here in Nashville, WNO, when we had mentioned about going on their station, they wanted to check out our website first, and I thought, oh, boy, that's it. We've had it now. The They'll never <laughs> mainstream Christian radio, and they still asked us on, so miracles happen. Yeah. Um, but I tell you, I, we, we've been wanting for some time to have you on because you seem to be a part of a big center of the universe now that you've created and what's going on and a major force in our circles of alternative Christian radio. And uh, it's exciting for us as well to have you on because uh, your influence is just growing by leaps and bounds, it seems like, every day and every month. Uh, to begin our discussion, though, uh, today, you know, we usually like to uh, go with first-time guests to have you share with our audience a little bit about your background and, and how you came to know the Lord. Cause, so could you share with us a little bit about that? No, absolutely. I'd love to. And, and gosh, I mean, again, thanks for that build-up. It's very humbling. And, you know, me, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm no one special, really. I mean, like you guys, I'm just a child of God out here who just wants to get to know our Lord as much as I can and learn as much about Him, His ways, His plans for us while I still... You know, I often joke that 
I'm a, a Christian masquerading as a small small business owner because it's my faith <laughs> and my relationship, you know, with Jesus Christ that defines me more than anything else in this life, not the other way around. But right. uh, for me, Bible prophecy has and always will have a special place in my heart, and, and not just because I'm a Christian, but because it's largely responsible for pointing me to God in the first place. I mean, it was prophecy that, that proved to me that the Lord was real and that the Holy Bible could be trusted. Amen. Because... Yeah, he used end times prophecy on me, certainly, I mean, to draw me to him so that I could be saved. Uh, you know, I'm sure my story isn't unlike that of many others who were searching for all sorts of answers after 9-11. I was just starting my adult life at the time, finishing up college, and although I didn't have a personal connection to the events of that day, it, it still definitely affected me in a very personal way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the questions I had, you know, had to deal with back then were what had just happened, why was it happening, and, and what did my future have in store for me? Because, obviously, it could be gone all in an instant. Right. You know, and, and while I always believe in God, I have to be honest, and, and you know, I'm ashamed to admit it, but back then I, I barely knew anything about him or his teachings, let alone you know his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, back then, God was just an all-powerful being. We all prayed to the same God, whether we called him Lord, Allah, Buddha, whatever, and, and that was pretty much it, and to the extent of how much time I spent thinking about him and getting to know him. So I, I guess you could say I kept God in a box and only called on him and reached out to him when the storms of life hit. You know, he was probably more like a genie to me in, in that sense. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back, it's so strange to me how I was slowly being led into the occult world. And by that, I simply mean that I, I started to put more trust in guys like Nostradamus than I did in uh, God the Father. Mm-hmm. And Sure enough, after 9-11, I remember receiving multiple emails about Thomas' quatrains and how there was supposedly one in particular that everyone was saying was his prophecy for 9-11. And, uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, isn't that just like fallen man, though? I mean, there we were. We're all sitting there. We're all talking about the so-called prophecies of this French occultist who, you know, by the way, he was only right half the time, not to mention so obscure with his, with his writings. You know, and, if, you're, and yet, if you're a Hebrew prophet, that's good for a stoning, isn't it? If you only write half the time, yeah, right. you know you're you're due a stoning then because you write ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a stoning. It, that's a stoning. In fact, even a broken clock is right twice a day. I know. <laughs> right. Well, well, exactly. And you know, there we all were, my, myself, my friends, and and some fam- family members included. You know, attaching some truth to them. But right. the moment anyone tried to inject religion uh, into the discussion or add any kind of spiritual explanation or element to it you know, by suggesting that all the chaos that was unfolding on our TV screen actually had its roots in the Holy Bible, that's when I started to notice everybody around me recoiling in horror, horror, excuse me, and, and you know, mocking and ridiculing such an idea. And that got my attention. And I, I just thank God to this day that he helped make sure I didn't respond like so many other people I knew back then. And mm-hmm. you know, so since reading Nostradamus was where I first got introduced to the word prophecy, I began to look into the concept, and, and what I found just absolutely blew me away. Uh, when I found out that over a quarter of the entire Bible was prophetic in nature, and when I stumbled upon some Christian websites then that were solely focused on end times Bible prophecy, and you know they started to have all the answers to all my questions, my heart you know just about exploded. And I was all excited, and I was like, finally, some answers. So it was at, at that point that I knew there was something to this God, Jesus, and Christianity thing, but I, I couldn't quite bring myself to go any further than to simply look at prophecy casually, you know, as I found it unfolding let's say, in, in current events, let's say. And I'm not quite sure why that was the case, but that continued on for probably 
gosh, the next two or three years before the light bulb finally went off in my head. Hey, Jeff, at this time, at this time, were you an active member in a church or what kind of church or? No, I mean, again, other than just on uh, holidays, that was the extent of of how often I went to church, yeah. Okay, Hmm. all right. So. And, yeah, so at that point, I just said, hey, wait a minute. I mean, if I can see that the prophecies that are found in the Bible are accurate and true, maybe I should start to see what else it has to say about God, Ah. Jesus, my life. So soon after, praise the Lord, I was saved, and I've been studying last day's prophecy in my spare time ever since. Praise the Lord. So... Uh, prophecy was not one of these crazy fringe things that, that most churches run away from and don't want to touch because it's just crazy and I'll have egg on their face and be divisive. It was a tool that the Lord used to show his reality to you, just like Scripture says. When he, he says, you will know me, but when I, when, I, when I say things and they come to pass, that you'll know me and my power out of Scripture. So you're a living embodiment of that, correct? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt, absolutely. That sounds like that's a pretty good reason for churches maybe to uh, mention prophecy once in a while. Yeah, I'd think so. I mean, you'd like to think so, but sadly, it's as you both know, it's, it's just easy these days, unfortunately. Well, all I have to do is look on your blog and see that it is a uh, consuming passion of yours because the, the, the sheer amount of content that you produce... Is mind numbing. Pretty, pretty staggering, actually. I was doing some, I mean, a really in depth research. I was uh, uh, going on your website to prepare for this interview to get some things that you had really hot topics you had had. And I had this huge armload of things, and I realized I had just gone back a few days in your research, and I had all these diverse topics. And, and one of the things I love about yours, not only do you have some really neat photos that back up your, your research you do, but, but you'll find some movies that are amazing. That you find these things on YouTube or other things that relate to your topic, and it just blows my mind what you have that reinforces and supports your hypotheses and your research. So um, I just want to wholeheartedly encourage you to keep using the gift that the Lord's given you, and to you know as much as your time and, and I know you have a family and other issues uh, uh, that you you feel experience that. Uh, if you don't want to tell us this, that's fine. But I'm just curious. You, you said you're a small businessman. Can can you say the general area of your work that you do? Yeah, oh, of course. That's not a problem. Yeah, I'm in the recruiting industry, and uh, obviously I'm taking a pretty big hit with the economy. Plenty mm-hmm. of candidates out there in the market, but uh, as you'd expect, not a lot of companies are hiring right now. So uh, Okay. Not so many openings. Uh, yeah. But you do that with your own company you have doing that? That's correct, Recruiting. Yes. Wow. And you're, you're, you reside in upstate New York, correct? Yes, Buffalo, New York, western New York area. Okay, okay. Boy, we have a diverse group. You know, the wonderful thing about the Internet is how in the world would we have ever all found each other? And I'm also including all of our listeners right now, our Futurians and yeah. the listeners of your show, had it not been for the Internet. So many people lament about all the terrible things on the Internet, and there are. But just think about all the wonderful things that we've been able to do. It's like the last chapter of Daniel when it says in the last days, knowledge will greatly increase and people will go to and fro. And the Lord's doing good things with these tools. And one reason you know there's some good to it is because the government is trying to shut it down. So that's a good enough sign that we know there's something good to it if they're if they're <laughs> taking themselves against it there. Uh, pretty much. Speaking okay. speaking of your blog, it's called lookupfellowship.com, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Look like look up, look up in the sky. Lookupfellowship.com. What made you decide to start your blog, Look Up Fellowship? Uh, when did you start it? What's it about and its purpose? Yeah, well, the short answer is that the purpose, as with anything I, I try to say and do, 
as ultimately bring glory and honor to our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, given my own testimony and, and how prophecy was used to save me, I'm just always mindful of the fact that you know he might be using prophecy again in, in much the same way with other people. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if I can get attention and plant a seed of faith by merely showing them how prophecy is being fulfilled you know, by current events all around us, then, then maybe he will grow those seeds one day into a decision for Jesus Christ. Uh, plus, I mean, we know the study of prophecy is a noble pursuit. It's a blessing, just as we're told in uh, Revelation 1-3. So, you know, that's that's the simple short answer. But, you know, as for the blog and how it got started, it was probably last summer around this time when, when something weird started to happen. I mean, I've been writing commentaries every now and then for Tom Horn's news organization, Raiders News Network, uh, that was going on for about a year, when all of a sudden I just started to get this feeling that I needed to do more. You know, that desire to contend for the faith, stand for righteousness and truth, and just try to help people explain why it is they have that that sense of foreboding in the pit of their stomach. Well, well stop for just a moment, Jeff. When, sure, sure. When, when did you start writing for Tom Horn, and how did you get hooked up with him? You know, I had, saw, I had seen a, a, a posting on his website about a year prior, okay. uh, back in, uh, so what is that, 2007? Okay, okay. 2006. He was just asking for you know anybody that wanted to become a, a writer, right? And link up, yeah, and that was it. I just responded. He said, "I like what you you know your sample was all about, and let's do this." Yeah. So, well, praise the Lord. I'm glad. I'm glad he had something he saw, you know, in the spirit about what you're doing. So that so you did that for a year, and then you decided yeah. there was something on 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 a bigger, at least more personal scale, you wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I often describe it as being that itch that I need to scratch. I mean, I, I just started praying about it, and soon the idea to start a blog came along. At first, I, I have to admit, I was very hesitant, extremely skeptical. I mean, you know, I didn't know if I had the time to devote to a blog. I didn't know if it was my ego pushing me to do that or, or truly the Holy Spirit encouraging me to be obedient. And I certainly didn't think I was qualified, you know, to speak about such things. So, you know, should I even go through with it? That was the question on my mind. That was last June. And then finally, one day in late July, early August, I just couldn't shake the promptings of the Holy Spirit any longer, no matter what concerns I had. And, and there was one day in particular where I remember getting a clear message from numerous sources at the same time on the same day that, that pretty said, all right, hey, redhead, when are you going to get off your butt? Do, you know, do the sort of thing that I want you to do. Don't worry about anything. Why do you think I gave you the ability and the, the desire to write since you were Gosh, way back in the second grade, mm-hmm. why do you think I led you to pursue a degree in English Lit uh, in college where you needed to learn how to interpret hidden meanings and symbolism? And, and lastly, why do you think I led you into a career in sales and marketing where you would learn how to communicate effectively? So mm-hmm. needless to say, I felt my concerns were answered through prayer in a big way, and uh, Look Up Fellowship was born. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, I, I became aware of it probably sometime at the first of the year, first of 2009, and uh, it was like, Boy, where did this come from? This is incredible. Yeah. And it always makes me wonder if what we encounter is the tip of the iceberg. If there's still lone wolves out there doing stuff that we somehow haven't come across. Uh, and, I, and you know, I'm hoping the Lord brings us more of us together. But I tell you, it's just been a real pleasure for, for us to get to know you and the fruit of your ministry so far. And, in fact, first of all, let me mention, too, that... Uh, I would say it's at least got to be the second best blog on the internet. Oh wow! <laughs> at least the second oh, best. There's this guy that does futurequakeradio.blogspot.com. It's hard to beat him. Yeah. But, uh, that. How long did you say you've been doing your blog? Uh, last July 22nd was the first post that just said coming soon, 
and I really started writing uh, daily August first. Yeah. Wow. So a little. <laughs> you write a lot yeah, of little, stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. 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 I was, I'm uh, impressed with your with your amount of yeah. content. I was referring to Brother Tom here. He's he does our Future Quick Radio blog and uh, does does quite a dandy job there. Uh, but I, I would just tell all of our listeners to make. If you learn anything from this show, make a lookupfellowship.com a daily read, a regular read. Uh, and then if you have time, start going back to the read the back stuff, and uh, you, your mind will be blown. So just, just be ready to uh, jump into it. But in, in part of your ascent and rise to power, uh, as you expand your empire further, uh, I, n- I understand you've now in- entered another area of media. And you've expanded your media empire into radio. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on on that end? Oh, sure. No, I'd love to, and thanks for bringing that up. I mean, I'd have to say that I was truly honored, humbled, you know, the, the full gamut when Bruce Collins approached me with the opportunity to co-host the big finale show with him. I mean, it certainly wasn't something I was expecting or even looking for. Uh, after all, I just completed my first guest appearance ever when Bruce first contacted me about the idea a few hours later. So... Uh, and the two of you know as well as I do that Bruce is an exceptional man of God. He uses his God-given talents and especially uh, his insight and knowledge about economics, secret societies, just to expose that darkness of deceit with the light of truth. And he's doing it on a, a daily and consistent basis. So you know, it's a real privilege to be able to sit in the chair that he's kept warm for so long and mm-hmm. host my own 60-minute show uh, twice a month. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, to be honest, I'm just, I'm just completely in awe and amazement over what God is doing these days, and especially in my life. I mean, I think about all the ways that he might use me, uh, is using me, and, and this kind of platform to, to reach many more people who desperately need to hear about him and his uh, message of hope and salvation. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just get chills and goosebumps thinking about it. These people maybe don't have the time to sit down and, and read one of my War and Peace mm-hmm. lengthy columns, but uh, maybe they prefer instead to download the show from iTunes or put it on their iPhone, their iPod, and take it with them, maybe mm-hmm. even share it with friends and family. So that's an exciting thought, and I, I just pray it continues to guide me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Well, please give uh, Brother Bruce our best and tell him that Doc and Bionic says, says say to him, and would like to have him come over and visit us soon. If he come over and hang out on the show here, too. I certainly will. We, well, let's let's jump into some uh, interesting information here. Uh, that uh, just a few of the things that you've been uh, digging your fingers into. Um, you've been studying a little bit about this mysterious international food regulation. Of all things, uh, something mysterious food oh, regulation. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. Code the called with the bizarre name of the Codex Alimentar- Alimentarius. Alimentarius. That's correct. Uh, can you tell us what this is about? And how it relates to, I guess, House Resolution 2749, the 2009 Food Safety Enhancement Act. Why would some innocuous topic like food regulations be of interest to people like us? Well, there's the thing. I mean, it's the subtle serpent at play there. Something innocuous. We, I mean, that's that's obviously the first thought we have to something like this. But this is something that Christians and non-Christians alike need to be aware of. And one of the hallmarks, as we know, of the prophecy one world government is that with the Antichrist at the helm uh, of such an institution, it's, it's going to exert full control over every aspect of our daily lives. So in other words, you know, freedom is going to become a distant memory and everything will be under the control of this single governing body. This Codex Elementarius deception is a key part of this coming new world order. And yet it's something that 
rarely gets the attention I think it deserves, you know, despite the fact that it has to do with a basic necessity of life. Uh, to me, I said that Codex Elementarius is Latin for we're screwed, and, uh, you know, pardon my French, but... Well, pardon my French, but that's because there's simply no way to interpret what this intends to do as being anything other than a blatant attack on the population. And, uh, you know, all kidding aside, Codex Alimentarius is Latin for food code or food book, and it's just a set of standards for food and nutrition, you know, created by the United Nations, backed by the World Trade Organization. Here's the thing, though. It aims to control what types of food people can grow, sell, eat, and what types of dietary supplement can be manufactured and sold. It even has rules about how a person can grow such foods. So, you know, when you ask why is Codex Alimentarius something we should all be concerned with, well, anyone who says that Codex is, a cons- is all about consumer protection, that it's voluntary or harmless, you know, in my book, I'm sorry, that's just intellectually dishonest and you're in denial. It's, you know, I, I'm sorry to be so blunt about it, but there's simply no way you can interpret it as being any of those things. It's far from being benign. But, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. You can do a quick Google search for Health Freedom USA or Natural Solutions Foundation and, and then take the information you find there under prayer, prayerful consideration because it, it's just remarkable uh, the, the wealth of information that's out there that word that's not being reported on. Uh, in association with this, this international program. Well, what's what's so bad about it? So let, let me play devil's advocate here. So 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 what if they do it? Maybe they're trying to do it for our own safety, so people don't grow crazy food or something. Well, how could that be so bad? <laughs> crazy food? Yeah, whatever. Tomatoes going nuts. Look at that. Never know. So 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 what's so bad? Tell us what what kind of nefarious sure. ends could come from that. Well, no, there's and there's quite a bit. And it's a great perfectly legitimate question. Uh, there's a, a doctor, uh, Rima Labau, I think her name is, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, she's been a successful natural medicine physician since the 70s, but more importantly, she studied roughly 16,000 pages of Codex documentation, so she knows what she's talking about, and I believe she's associated with the uh, one of the sites I mentioned, uh, the, the Natural Solutions Foundation. But here's the bottom line. Contrary to the propaganda Codex Alimentarius has absolutely nothing to do with consumer protection. Uh, it's purely about economic ambitions of multinational national corporations, in particular the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, nothing new. We've heard about that. We've, you know, we've, we've seen the warnings about that. But here's where things get really serious for us. It will result in the deaths of millions. And that's not hyperbole either. I mean, here's, here's a brief quote from this Dr. Labau, made during one speech she gave back in 2005. Quote, under Codex, every dairy cow on the planet must be treated with Monsanto's recombinant bovine growth hormone. Furthermore, under Codex, every animal used for food on the planet must be treated with subclinical antibiotics and must be treated with exogenous growth hormone. If you do the numbers in the WHO FAO projections, they estimate not I, that just the vitamin and mineral guidelines alone, when it goes into global implementation on December 31st, 2009, will result in a minimum of 3 billion, that's B, bad, big, billion deaths, 1 billion through simple starvation. Those folks who die are not particularly economically successful from the point of view of the corporations, but the next 2 billion they will die from the preventable diseases of undernutrition, 
Well, let me, Jeff, Jeff, let me ask oh, you this. Sorry. Let me just ask one, sure. one, you just mentioned one thing about the bovine growth hormone, making that mandatory. Sure. I mean, the worst that's going to do is actually, you know, sterilize major portions of our male population, you know, completely take away their, their maleness that they have uh, genetically and actually create um, uh, adolescents and women, you know, like five, six years old. What can be so bad about that? You know, just that we've completely changed in our ability to actually breed and replace our population. And that's just one of the list. Uh, obviously, I'm being facetious here. I mean, th that alone would be devastating to our future as as humanity uh, b b because of that. And, and what what I find is is that when if people are learning more about this, about the mercury they put in our vaccines and the aborted baby fetuses in our vaccines, is we find out what things like NutraSweet and these other chemicals have done, uh, uh, genetically modified foods that make pesticides in your body after you eat them. After, as people are starting to find out, they're, they're trying to at least get their own seeds, grow their own food, trying to do that. And this is an attempt, if I understand it, and it's being bankrolled, by the pharmaceutical companies is to outlaw people even trying to protect their own individual families even if they're not selling it just growing their own food and trying to support their own family this is their last step to be able to be totalitarian over that we're back at future quake with dr future and tom sort of interested in prophecy bionic why are you sort of interested in prophecy well there's just a lot of stuff in the bible and prophecy ends up being this really contentious thing everybody fights about it that's that's a whole lot of what Future Quake's about. I know, and I'm cool. Are you, like, are you ill like today? or? I like prophecy. There's nothing wrong with prophecy. That's, that's I just, a lot of what we have today on the show. I know, and it's good, and I'm glad. Especially What, what I'm especially glad for is that uh, Jay Red, as he's known uh, on one of his radio shows, uh -huh. got, in, yeah, got, into, uh, uh, got into Nostradamus and thereby got into the prophecies of the Bible and got saved through it. I'm glad for that. Yeah, that the Lord showed that he was real by the way he fulfilled his prophecies. And then only the Bible was unique in this complete way of fulfilling the prophecies. And through that he came to understand the other teachings of the Bible. Yes. So that's a message for all those churches who do not want to touch prophecy, mm -hmm. that they're missing an opportunity to, to reach people with the saving faith of the Lord. Indeed. And it's not a distraction from teaching no. uh, about evangelism. It is a means of evangelizing people. Why are you looking at me like that when you say I'm that? I'm not looking at you. <laughs> You're giving me the, the hairy eyeball. I figured eyeball. you wouldn't be interested in this. It's <laughs> like, who are you and what have you done with Tom Bionic? <laughs> you make one slightly cross-eyed <laughs> statement. Yeah, I'd say yeah. cross-eyed. Speaking of cross-eyed, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us here at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, that's it. Beautiful segue. Thank you again. Uh, come back tomorrow for the next segment with Jeff Ratt. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.
Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, nervous about this next segment, Bionic. What is there to be nervous about? Uh, because we get into some heavy stuff. But but you know how it comes out. This is pre-recorded. I, well, I'm still a little bit nervous about Even it. Even post-recording, you're nervous about it. I'm just a little, it. little, little... Okay. Gotta, maybe got to well, take a walk around the Future Quake studios. La- ladies and gentlemen, if you've not been with us before... Um, we, we talk about issues on Future Quake that impact our future way of life, some more intense than others. But uh, you'll find this a very pleasant visit with Mr. Jeff Ratt, who is the blog master of Look Up Fellowship blog, an incredible blog, and also the co-host of the Big Finale radio program. And we're talking today about events and developments with hidden prophetic significance. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into the nervous part that scared you, were you nervous about the Codex Alimentarius I keep, we talked about man, yesterday? Man, I keep trying to tell people about that, and they go... They think you're making it up? Yeah. The same, that and the civil internment facility people that mm-hmm. you know, Go Army's hiring that we covered right. like, two weeks ago, I guess. That's and, on the Army website. Yes, yeah, on the Go Army website. Right. And people go, that doesn't really exist. I'm like... God, people are gonna, yeah. you know, people are gonna die, you know. Well, I know, I know. That's what do you say? Um, it doesn't well, really exist. Well, that's well, what they say. It drives me I crazy. I know that's what they say. But uh, Mr. Rat, he knows better than that, and uh, he's a kindred spirit here, proclaiming the word and letting people deal with it as they would have fit. There but are. there are groups that actually are making the food that is poison. That's actually harming people. Mm-hmm. They have people at FDA and elsewhere in their hip pocket. Mm-hmm. And now they're being given control over international groups that are outlawing um, organic foods. They're outlawing locally grown food. And even the food you grow for your own family. I know. It's is cr- being. It's crazy. So you, crazy. they're taking away every option you have to get away from these people to harm your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have to be more and more secretive. Freedom is just not the word anymore. And pretty soon it's going to be like. A bunch of guys waiting around in an alley, and they show up, and it's not drugs. It's like a cucumber. They're like, yeah, $50 right. for a cucumber. Know, yeah. And it won't kill you. I know. Well, you know, the the thing is, these people are unelected, these non-governmental organizations, these types in the U.N. Uh, well, I mean, these czars, these even, even these czars are yeah. unelected. It's clearly an end run right. around the Congress. Right, you exactly. Know? And somebody's going to have to take these people to court sometime. Somebody's going to have to say and say, look... This is not constitutional. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this. I'll see you in court. And, of course, that's expensive and scary, and the government's going to do all sorts of things to you. You'll like probably get an IRS Eric audit Prince, Eric Prince <laughs> to knock guys. you off. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have all those things happen, but somebody's got to take a stand. And yep. it seems like Christians ought to be the kind of people that should have the confidence of the Lord to take a stand on behalf of their fellow citizens. You would think, but so often... To be a blessing to their citizens. Yeah, you would think, but so often we hear people say, yeah, you shouldn't worry about that stuff. You should just need to be in the Word. Wasn't a Christian who jumped down in the Colosseum when they were doing the the battles in the Colosseum, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he said, enough's enough. What's wrong with you all? Please stop this. Yeah. And then they told him to have the gladiators just to kill him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they killed him... They immediately lost their taste for it, and that was the last time they ever had a fight yeah. in the auditorium. Well, yeah, but that, where are the Christians like that today? Let's say, on behalf of my other brethren, even though I'm safe here, I'm not... We're about to interview one. Well, you're right. And you know. part of the long list of heroes that we have on Future Quake Show. And again, this is no exception. Uh, Mr. Jeff Ratt talking about events and developments with hidden prophetic significance. Please check out the information that makes Tom nervous 
over the next uh, 20, 20 plus minutes, and we'll be right back to discuss it further here at Future Quake. When you're talking about the full control of, of every single thing that you could possibly put in your mouth and, and regulating all that, it, you're, you're, in essence, making food a weapon. And history, of course, history has shown us that socialists, communists, Islamists, and Marxists, they've used food and the production of food as a weapon against their own people, and they've used it to solidify power and control. I mean, it, I think it was Hitler himself who even uh, had a famous quote about it where he said that food as a weapon was something like a beautiful instrument uh, that can be used for maneuvering and discipline, disciplining the masses, if I'm remembering that correctly. So, right, and our friend yeah, Henry Kissinger also said that. Yeah, food is a weapon, and I will not yeah. apologize for it. Yeah, and yeah, he lines. said uh, if you control oil, you control a nation. If you control food, you control the world. And, uh, you know, if Henry Kissinger is listening to our show right now, I... We'd love for you to call thanks, in. Yeah, thanks for your quote here. But, but you know, I wonder if on these documents, Jeff, they shouldn't put pictures of the uh, the black horse and the gray horse of Revelation... Because they're they're actually the embodiments of those horsemen of the apocalypse that are actually controlling with a with a yoke or a scale uh, the very food that we have and whether it can actually create health and life to us or whether it can actually control our health and be, basically keep us weak and and under their very control. It, it is, do you see that really as an embodiment of of this this last day's control over our assets? You know, when you're talking about billions dying, I mean that sounds like death in Hades taking a third of the earth off the map. Does that sound familiar to you? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly it, and that's the, the kind of correlation and connect, connection I try to point out on a regular basis whenever uh, these types of stories come up. It's just saying, look, you can trust the Bible, you can trust the po- prophecies contained within it because you're seeing it unfolding before your very eyes. And then the question becomes, at, at what point do you accept at face value what's right in front of you, regardless of the, uh, the implications and the, and the fear that it might, you know, uh, evoking someone who's not saved and, and doesn't have that hope of, of Jesus Christ in their life. So absolutely, that's exactly what it's all about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so what do you foresee in the future with this with this body as far as other future regulations, and how is it going to impact the average person out there? Well, here's the thing. While, while Codex Elementarius is the international umbrella of this policy, what, what a lot of people I'm finding haven't realized is that just last week under, you know, when, when everybody's been so focused on this national health care debate and the, uh, the beer summit, obviously, uh, Congress just before summer recess passed H.R. 2749, which pretty much does the same thing. It sets the stage to use food and nutrition as a weapon against the people, plain and simple. Uh, you're talking about uh, the 2009 Food Safety Enhancement Act, as uh, it's been called, which, again, I, I mean, it's it's just a, a complete misnomer in my book. And the crux of it here, and then what it really comes down to, is that in the bill, every form of food production is monitored, regulated, and controlled at all levels by the federal government under the leadership of a new food safety czar. So we have yet another czar accountable to no one except the president. And the worst part is that the person who may be responsible, uh, according to some, for more food-related illness and death than anyone in history has just been made this uh, U.S. Food Safety Czar. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about the GM foods uh, associated with Monsanto, uh, the individual, uh, gosh, what's his name, Michael Taylor, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. He, he was Monsanto's attorney and all that. So he's the one who's going to be leading this charge. Uh, and it's just it's just mind-boggling me, you know, to me to think that all this is going on without 
the watchdog press being all over it. Well, I'm sure there's no conflict of interest possible with him, given that he'll be a watchdog over Monsanto, you know, a former employer. <laughs> it's like having the uh, financial czars come directly from Goldman Sachs. Uh, they're so blatant right now that they feel like truly they can do whatever they please, and they flaunt it in front of the rest of the public. And I think they figure they've given us another enough fluoride uh, and several generations of our school system that uh, we are so dull-witted that we can't even get it. And to a large extent, they're right. Uh, Although, you know, that's changing a little bit. I'll, I'll say that's changing just a little well, bit. Well, we've got listeners of some shows like ours and a few other ones that the light bulbs are coming on and well, some people yeah, are but, teaching us. Well, a lot of these senators and Congress people, though, have had uh, conferences to talk to their constituents and have been shouted down by their very own constituents. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to – I'm not ready to completely roll over on the United States citizenship. Well, that's – yeah, yet. that's good, except they got to know what to replace it with. In other words, they've, they've, they, 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 knowing you're disgruntled is a good thing, but you got to know uh, what, what's the positive path and the positive direction. And, and I think those who, who know Christ can actually help in that purpose. Sure. We can actually help even for those who don't claim Christ in society. We can still show them a way of uh, strength and light and, and a healthy way to live. Mm-hmm. So uh, anything else we need to keep an, an eye out for on that or any kind of upcoming events on that that uh, we need to keep our nose to the to the news front on? No, I, I, I think I would just you know conclude that portion and by saying that you know it is so subtle because you think of the food as being such a basic necessity. It, it is. And, you know, seeds and home gardens are important to your right of self-defense because without them, you know, you eat whatever a global corporation like Monsanto tells you to eat. Your diet determines your health, your mental acuity, longevity, level of energy, I mean, you name it. And, you know, so if you take away a human being's most fundamental need uh, in this world and, you know, you replace it with, with what uh, the government deems is appropriate for you, and now you're, you're playing with fire. And I just think that people need to... Start looking at this and, and realizing what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I would just tell our listeners to go read Genesis 47, which is the aftermath of after uh, Joseph had told them to save the food, uh, and Egypt saved up and took the food away from the people through the seven healthy years. And since the people no longer had the food, the government picked it up. The government basically confiscated all their wealth to give them just enough food to live a year. And then they were basically say, look, we don't have anything else. We might as well just die here. And then the government took all of their work tools, took all of their work animals. And then the next year they took all their land and put the people in servitude, moved them to the cities. This is all right there in Genesis 47. Put them basically in institutional housing and then gave them seed that they'd been setting on that they needed all along. But now the government owned the land. It owned the place where they lived. It owned the tools and everything. And so then the government let them keep some of it and went back the rest of them. The only people who avoided all of that terrible loss were the priests who actually got paid in food. So they were stocked up in food, and because they had the one asset that was still worth something, they also got to keep all of their land and all their other assets too. So I think the model from this and what you're saying is maybe we ought to store up with some things that uh, have some lasting value, and on the behalf of your family maybe have some, some food and some other kind of things when times get rough. Exactly. And it's not a bad idea, regardless of your views on uh, the rapture and, and even the timing of it. you got to be prepared for that possibility. And, you know, I don't think that it's showing a lack of faith to, to do something like that. No, it's just it's called prudence. I mean, that's what the Lord had warned Joseph for the people of the land to do themselves. So, you know, God doesn't reward people for, for, for disregarding warnings. 
Uh, he wants people to be smart and actually take action according to it. You know, another place on your blog that was sort of interesting was that you were writing a lot about an emerging Russia and its reemergence of prominence and some, some sort of strange symbols that give rise to why they're becoming more prominent. Can you comment a little bit on some of the aspects of that and, and what the significance is? Yes. Well, as students of prophecy, I mean, we're all quite familiar with the God made God prophecy from Ezekiel. But I'm always amazed by the ways in which God uses every, anything and everything else within his marvelous creation to, to get the unsaved world's attention about what's coming and, and just prove the validity of the prophecies that uh, are contained in the Bible. I mean, just like how he usually called in Nostradamus to ultimately get my attention, I've seen him use all sorts of things lately to alert the world that uh, he's moving Russia into place to fulfill that prophecy. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you have to do is look around you. Pick up the newspaper, turn on any TV news broadcast about a week or two ago, and you would have saw the news headline that both China and Russia said quite publicly that if Israel attacks Iran, it will definitely spark World War III. So, uh, you know, it doesn't get any clearer than that. But even the past couple of days have, have kind of added to this theme. First, it was the headline that Russian troops were put on high alert near the Republic of Georgia. Uh, that goes back all the way to last year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next, it was the chilling revelation that Russian nuclear subs are patrolling off the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just commented how this had me thinking about the Red Horsemen from uh, Revelation 6, uh, I believe it's verse 3 or 4. And, and then I stumbled upon that picture of, of Putin that's been in the news, sitting shirtless on a horse. So it just boggles the mind sometimes how there's so much spiritual converge, convergence these days, and the veil is, is truly being lifted. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he was sending a message being on horseback, even taking aside Christians and what they do, but even to everybody in the world, it sends a message as, I'm, I'm on the march. Uh, I'm, I'm coming to get you. Be prepared. I need a shirt. Well, <laughs> but, but, but isn't that right? I mean, isn't he sending a broad message yeah. to everyone that this is a revi- well, exactly. revitalized uh, Russia? Exactly. And for, for anybody that doesn't want to believe that, well, they'll say, well, it's just a picture, it's just a photo op, big deal. Well, come on, it's politics. And if it wasn't a big deal, then why did I see on uh, you know, Yahoo's, one of their main headlines today, a whole article about the political significance and the symbolism of that, that photo? So you're right. It's, it's definitely him sending a message saying, you know, keep your eye on me. I'm still here, and I'm important. And, uh, you know, of course, with us, for those of us who are students of prophecy with uh, ears to hear and eyes to see, we certainly know a lot about what, uh, what's in the future regarding Russia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion, of course, about their role in Gog Magog and things like that. Uh, some of my personal research has shown a little bit more emphasis on some of the other people in the Middle East playing that role, but uh, Russia's going to be part of the mix no matter what. Uh, there's just too much there, too many weapons, too many missiles, too much of that stuff. Uh, and I, I think we should pray for the believers in Russia because they're some of the most dedicated Christians you'll ever find. Uh, that are in Russia. They're wonderful people as a whole. When they come to the Lord, they're just totally devoted to the Lord. And I pray for their safety and well-being too because I'm assuming that the persecution is going to really increase there much like it is in the United States. Amen. No, I, I, you know, echo that sentiment. I have a few contacts over there myself. And, uh, you know, you're right. Some of the most passionate uh, believers in Christ that, that you'll ever come across. So uh, amen to that. Do, do you have any reason, justification to feel when you think that red horse is really going to start riding in earnest uh, soon Gosh. across the globe? 
in worldwide Yeah, that's war. a good question. I mean, I seem to be leaning towards the idea, I, and forgive me, I didn't read the book, but from what's been relayed to me and from, from the articles I've read on it, uh, I believe it's Bill Salas' book, The uh, Israeli Sign, and he talks about the Psalm 83 war. And, right. and some people have made a case to me that there's going to be this, this Middle Eastern war that, that happens, and then right on the heels of that is uh, Gog Magog. And, and I think either way, regardless of the mm-hmm. Psalm 83 aspect, Gog Magog, I think, has to be at the start or just before the, the tribulation uh, mm-hmm. and Daniel 73 kicks off because you have that whole uh, verse in Scripture that talks about the, the weapons burning for seven right. years. Right, right. So, uh, well, we've been largely influenced here by Peter Goodgame's book, Red Moon Rising, Yeah, as Very far as the six-seal six rapture. And he sort okay. of he lines that up as well, too, the Gog-Magog war. Uh, the rapture and, and the beginning of the day of the Lord at the sixth seal. And it makes more and more sense to me every day. And it also makes sense to me that in in the Ezekiel 38, when it says it's a land that recently recovered from war uh, with unwalled villages, it's rebuilding, that some war had to happen before then. And the conspicuous omission of Israel's neighbors uh, in the listing of, neighbor, of of countries that fight them uh, shows that something had to have happened to them. They wouldn't miss a good fight with with Israel, and I think the likelihood of that Psalm 83 war, which which also is it's very specific in Isaiah 17 about Damascus being destroyed as part of it, and uh, I know I'm personally of the one that thinks that's the place we really need to be keeping our eye on is what happens in Damascus. Uh, and but uh, it's going to be very interesting what precipitates all this, and if Israel is getting to the end of their patience and taking action with Iran or not. Uh, our country keeps sending mixed signals, and so I, I don't know whether we're going to be a part of that activity, but things seem like they're going to get hot and heavy once that uh, ha- happening occurs. I want, to ask, oh, yes. I want to ask you about something now that is something that's fascinating to, to Tom and I because these guys pop up in so much of the stuff that we study, particularly the stuff that has occult overtones. Uh, they, were a, they were a big part of sponsoring the, the, the UN group that I spoke at last summer. On religion and spirituality, <laughs> uh, but there's so many things, and in fact, their their influence on the family, uh, some of these murky Christian groups that have it, that they're oh, they're they're really yeah. the, the the big funding Vatican on most of the New Age, and that's called the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you think is so significant about that? I know you've taken a keen interest in this group also recently. T- tell us why and what do you think the significance is. Yeah, well, I was glad to hear that you've covered them before because in all my research into this so-called alien UFO phenomenon and full disclosure uh, in relation to prophecy, I never came across them until just you know, when I, I first wrote about them and just mm-hmm. stunned by what I discovered because it's, to me, the ultimate proof that there's a spiritual connection to all of this. Yeah. Uh, you talk about, yeah, I was just going to, I mean, you talk about how uh, even the name, the word noetic itself, itself it uh very similar to the word Noah, and in my research I found that uh, in, in times past it was actually synonymous with, uh, you know, referring to the time of Noah. So right there, that set off bells and whistles for me because we all recall what Jesus himself warned us about, that uh, these days would be as in the days of Noah, and there are some whose research suggests that uh, the same so-called alien UFO phenomenon was a big part of, of his day as well. So mm-hmm. all of that seemed to converge. And to me, I just I just stopped and, and said to myself, you know, all right, as with all things rooted in 
New Age and occult circles, Satan has hijacked something from Christianity and, and perverted it here again to not only deceive the masses, but just mock and ridicule a part of God's creation. So when you take, uh, you know, this word noetic, which is a parapsychological use of, of the term Noah and, and referring to Noah's day, it's, it's just amazing to me that they would choose a word like that that recalls Noah, which recalls as in the days of Noah, and all of this is related to the, the alien UFO phenomenon. Uh, it's even one of its founders is former Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who's been leading the charge for full mm-hmm. disclosure. So, again, it all just seems to be converging and coming together. And also, uh, b- by the way, that same gentleman, Edgar Mitchell, was one of the founders of the International Institute of Integral Human Sciences, which was the group that I spoke at that uh, is creating the new one world religion with the funding from the United Nations and the World Council of Churches. And their their new religious wow. order is called the Order of the Transfiguration. And their, their their slogan is they are serving as a midwife of a new humanity for a new world order uh, at their website. But Edgar Mitchell was instrumental in starting that. Well, and also, uh, you know, they, Paul N. Temple has made no bones about the fact that he's been an active member of the family and the National Prayer Breakfast, uh, even even going as far back as the late 50s mm-hmm. in that organization. And, and, and creating organizations like Constance Cumbie, who was just on our show. I don't, I don't know if you heard that show, Jeff, that we had with Constance Cumbie. I didn't hear it, but I, I have it uh, downloaded and ready to go. So, well, you'll, uh, you'll hear about how Paul N. Temple, who was the founder of that group, actually created meetings where he brought the top uh, New Age leaders like Barbara Marks Hubbard, who's, mm-hmm. whose channeled spirit says that they're going to wipe out Christians that are that are not cooperative and that they're going to be the pale horse death, and that he actually brought them together with the top evangelical leaders of the major in, uh, ministries that we know uh, to actually do some party collaboration. Springs, yeah. yeah, and that the evangelical leaders have been busy covering their tracks on that and trying to destroy the tapes from those meetings. So oh, wow. it's uh, it, it's much, much deeper than what you can imagine. But I, I find on, on all these matters of cult, almost all roads lead through the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And you'll find very interesting people there. Um, people like, uh, uh, I think George Zimmer's his name, the guy who owns the men's warehouse that you see on TV. I guarantee uh, it. He's one of the main funders <laughs> of it. Uh, Deepak Chopra is very involved in it. In fact, um, the gentleman who's running another similar study at the University of Arizona uh, on the Sophia study, uh, where they're actually methodically and in a clinical setting having spirit contacts with the other side. Uh, he assisted Deepak Chopra in actually contacting his dead father. Uh, so, you know, Deepak Chopra is actually doing all on front of TV all this sophisticated, you know, analysis and deep spiritual work. But when nobody's looking, he's like Saul, King Saul, you know, going in the quiet of the night in meeting with someone to conjure somebody from the dead to talk to them. Hmm. So we only know the tip of the iceberg of what's going on. Uh, this particular group actually has an annual meeting every June, and I was with an eyelash of actually going to it. I had a conflict this year. But the, out, in, out in California, they, they have their regular meeting and present the results, and they're basically contacting, channeling spirits from the other side. Uh, it's very similar to that movie, The, the Mist, uh, I believe, you know, the Stephen okay. King movie where they open up a, a portal, you know, to these creatures on the other side. Uh, it's something very, very akin to that almost that's going on right under our noses. So um, any other thoughts you have on that particular group uh, that really sparked your interest in them? No, I just said, you know, it, it's wholly satanic in nature. I think it's obvious, and uh, they admit as much themselves. And, 
you know, you just have a group here that's promoting this this new age concept of global consciousness and I am the world and the world is me uh, type of idea. Uh, I, you know, they were even talking about bring back the memory, as they call it, and it, it just blows the mind to me how you know you have so many influential and powerful people in, in pretty high profile uh, positions in the public eye who are saying these things. I mean, you can read what they said in black and white. You can see the, the videos of them giving these speeches on, on videos you can easily access and find on YouTube. And, and still, you know, I, I have some people who, you know, it just pains me that they don't want to see it and they or they can't yeah. see it. So Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. I mean, and you won't hear a word of it in a lot of churches. Yes, boy, that's the case. We tell everybody they need to be involved in their local church. They uh, forsake not assembling yourselves together. You need to be plugged in. Um, but I'm still glad that we have venues like this to talk about these issues. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, a little eh, bionic. What What are you eh, about? Well, just the whole Codex Elementarius thing. That's, and, that's was yesterday. Well, yeah, I but still it's still got you bothered. But it's still scary. I'm still a little freaked out. I like hamburgers and I like Cheetos and I like jalapeno chips well what about the institute of noetic sciences bringing all these like demons out of the abyss that big time uh, that, that have you scared as the cheetos going well no it's got me more scared to be honest but okay um it's well i'm somehow just, it's a manageable threat because i know the lord is going to protect us you know but you don't know if he's going to protect your cheetos is what you're saying you know kind of there's nothing in the bible that well, says thou shalt eat cheetos six days and yeah seven well that'll days. give you something to focus on the rest of your christian walk yeah uh it's interesting to know that people like Brother Jeff Rott um, actually recognize that this groups like the Institute of Noetic Sciences are a linchpin are in evil. the spiritual battle yeah. that, that is ongoing and that uh, we need not ignore what's going on. Uh, these people are extremely well financed uh, by people who you, we buy regular products and services from, and they have a very purposed goal. And they're going directly to these high-spirit entities and engaging themselves with them. Uh, often using drugs, like what the Bible calls sorcery, mm-hmm. to, to facilitate it. So uh, that's something where we're at right now. Do mm-hmm. you have any other comments on that? Uh, I just, man, uh, how come more people don't care about all this stuff? That seems to be where mm-hmm. I'm at this week. I'm just, yeah. I want to... Uh, I, I'm just frustrated that more people don't care and don't see these things coming. Yeah. They just sort of uh, like to bury their head in the sand. Uh, that's just, yeah. Well, somebody who does care is Merv, and Merv is going to come tell you how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got like... Seven, eight seconds. Okay, let's just get out of here. Okay, come back for the next segment with Jeff Ratt tomorrow. Till then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.
Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Still a little just... Uh, just uh, yeah, he's staying uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, but someone who isn't is Jeff Ratt, our guest, who is the blogmaster of Lookup Fellowship and also the co-host of the Big Finale radio show. Uh, and we're talking this week about events, developments with hidden prophetic significance. And uh, if you've not met Brother Jeff... Uh, his blog is just an incredible read, uh, lookupfellowship.com, uh, detailed research, some interesting associations, and some mind-blowing uh, information and even videos that he'll find to intersperse in his stories that just make it sort of a have-to visit. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Him and Mish ought to have a blog off to see who can produce more content for one week. It'd be a tough one. The rest of us can't even just keep up reading it, much anything. But ladies and gentlemen, I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to uh, move right on to uh, the third part of our interview with Jeff Ratt. Until then, uh, we'll be right back afterwards with a wrap-up here at Future Quick. What do you think the authorities are up to regarding the current swine and bird flu uh, crisis and, and their strong push for vaccinations for all of us? Yeah, well... I know that many people have come up with several different names to describe this. I've called in the past the swindled flu. I mean, we're we're definitely being told (laughs) to swallow a bunch of lies. Yes. Well, I mean, come on. We're we're definitely being told to swallow a bunch of lies here on this entire saga. I I think by now, or at least I hope by now, it's become pretty clear to people that this is a manufactured crisis, which calls to mind then Biden's Mark My Words revelation about a generated international crisis before Mm. the election way back in October, that what he saw was that uh, private mm-hmm. fundraiser. But, you know, it's just the facts, again, the facts are out there. It's just whether or not people are willing to take the time to, to look into it themselves and then accept what they find, no matter what the implications might be. Uh, I definitely think it's, you know, a manufactured uh, virus. I, I think that it is going to increase as far as uh, the number of deaths and the cases that we hear about. And, you know, the possibilities at that point are, are pretty limitless. I mean, you're talking, what happens? Do you, do you invoke uh, martial law? Do you quarantine people? Do you start using some of those uh, FEMA camps we've heard about? Uh, forced vaccination? I mean, it's just, it's a New World Order proponent's dream in my right, eyes. Right. Well, you know, today, just today that they were recording this on Fox News, most of the afternoon was spent on the vaccines for these. Most of the discussion about why we needed so urgently to take them. Yeah, Baxter, they talked about Baxter. Yeah, they've only had a couple of days to run tests. You know, they really haven't any time to do it. In fact, they, they gave it overseas to people without any test. But we better trust them. We better hurry up and get it in. No mention about how the, the vaccine used for swine flu back in the 70s actually caused paralysis and death to a large number of people. Um, but... It, well, it really it is almost a test to see how gullible the public is. Well, I think. let's not forget that Baxter is currently being sued by the Czech government for uh, conspiracy to commit mass murder because they right. shipped out all those live the H or the H1N1 and the H5N1 vaccine mm-hmm. without irradiating it. Okay, which is which is like. A, it's a death sentence to people you're sending. To yes. Them. Yeah, I, I was trying to say yeah. that in a polite way, but there's yeah. only one way to say it. If yeah. you take that vaccine, you die. So, so what? Where the government's asking us is to trust those people with that track record to give that to your children, mm-hmm. to risk your children's fate on the reputation of those companies. Is it not? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's precisely it. I mean, I remember reading just last week uh, the the trials or at least the 
when they were monitoring uh, giving out the vaccines to children in Europe, they were having some severe neurological side effects. Uh, I think the most extreme were night terrors and nightmares, and then they were, yeah. you know, seizures and nausea, just ridiculous stuff. And, you know, I think you nailed it when you mentioned the, the program back in the 70s. That, that, gosh, I wasn't even what's on the radar. Uh, I was born three years later. I believe it was back in 76. But even I know from what I've read and I've seen about it in research that, there were so many cases of, of it making people sick and, and worse. And, you know, again, if you, people are, they don't want to remember the past. They're destined to uh, repeat it. And it's, it's playing itself out here. Right. You know, I can't help but think that, you know, all this information we're reviewing here, it just seems, it seems like we may be setting up for a perfect storm uh, to kind of one by one go through those seals of revelation. You know, you got mm-hmm. First horseman, and then you've got disease and death with the vaccines, and then you've got mm-hmm. pestilence, pestilence, and and then you've got the food, food thing, control. and then you've got right. Oh, I, I could go on, but it could happen overnight. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know what what I, what I what I foresee, brother Jeff, is that this will be yet another excuse for them to say that those crazy right wing extremists on talk shows like this, uh, talking about this stuff, are yet another reason why we need to be monitored and eventually interred because we're talking crazy talk about not taking these vaccines and we we will pose a risk to the public you know they they they, i I believe that it can't be a coincidence when they had those shootings that occurred uh recently about the uh you know the the right-wing extremists and then suddenly you had the shooting at the holocaust museum you had the shooting of the abortion doctor that, that these things were not a coincidence. They happened right at the same time that the DHS comes out with those kinds of people listed along with Christians and others to be watched. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've read too much already to know that they, they stage stuff like that. And so now that they're having these kind of things where they're going to force a vaccinations, those of us who say that, that understand our Bible and what's going on and say, no, you're not going to force it on us and our children, that's going to be grounds enough that they're going to say, look, you're creating terrorism by being at risk yeah, to spread this disease, for not taking this vaccine. So it, it, you're 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 going to create such a threat to people just with that. Even if we can't pin you for doing physical violence, you're going to be a threat by not taking your protection. Mm-hmm. That we're going to have to intern you just so you don't expose other people. Is that a scenario you think is plausible, Jeff? That's exactly what I think we could be facing here. I mean, really. In regards to the swine flu, you start with that first and, and the possibility of mandatory forced vaccinations. Anything goes, I think, once that happens, especially if you refuse a mandatory vaccination, as you suggested there. I mean, I, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that this also dovetails quite nicely in their eyes with all the other high-profile murders and, and shootings that are taking place nationwide. What I see is that what began with George Tiller's murder continued then with that shooting at the, the Holocaust Memorial Museum. And now we've seen a terrorist uh, cell arrested in North Carolina last week, as well as another tragic shooting take place near Pittsburgh the other night. And and the common thread that I see in all this is that these are all the cases that will be pointed to by the government one day, and one day soon, to justify the DHS's uh, release of that infamous right-wing extremist report. I mean, think of it like this. Theoretically, these men and their actions wouldn't have to be a spot-on match for people like you and me, uh, the people singled out in that report. They just merely have to serve as the impetus to give the federal government the mandate to enforce stricter control and surveillance over precisely the kinds of people who have been targeted as being dangerous just like them. So, again, people like uh, you and me. Jeff, I've got bad news for you. 
Uh, I've got a copy of that DHS report. It was released. And one of the, the class of people, they said, that need to be carefully monitored that are a threat are people who believe in end times prophecies. It's yeah. right right there in the document. So do you think you'd qualify for that? Uh, I have a first-class ticket. I'm sure there's in the fine print there's some about redheads and left, left-handed yeah. people, too. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a know, I, I got it coming from all sides, right? Yeah. Well, save us a seat in the back of the wagon, would you, in the FEMA right. truck, because uh, I think they've probably got our names on, on a nice list for the first stop. Uh, that they've got to get us off the street, because uh, uh, hang on to that microphone, by the way, in those fingers. Be be posting blogs right up as they're they're barricading and hitting the door. <laughs> Somebody's at the door. Dot 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 dot. Send, send those last ones in, or if you're live on the air, uh, let let people hear in the background as you're kicking and screaming, and just share the the Lord with them as as they grab you away. Um, oh, you know it. Do do you do do you think what what are some other manifestations you think about what they're doing to set us up? as being a threat to the population uh, in a way to control us. Are there some other things you're observing on the ground that are getting ready for this? You know, I think it all comes down, what it comes down to for me is that whether these incidents will lead to some kind of a uh, formal, let's say, national crackdown against Christians uh, in the near future, I mean, that, that remains to be seen, but I believe it will. At the very least, I'm seeing Christianity being attacked viciously in the court of public opinion, more so today than I ever remember it being attacked in this country. And I, I don't know, I, as far as the exact scenario, I, I still think that the most likely national event is probably going to involve this flu pandemic and uh, you know the, the political unrest, the social unrest that will happen, especially when they announce that you have to have this debt. And people object to that because mm-hmm. I've talked to... Surprisingly, the people that I've talked to who are aware of this, uh, they've all said right down the line that that's the that's the line that you don't want to cross. When you tell me that my children have to get this and I have to put this in my children myself, even though we're not showing any symptoms, we don't know anybody that has any symptoms, we don't you know, that's going to cross the line. And I think that's that's really going to be the line in the sand here. You know, I'm just thinking about that now. You know, my wife and I, Mrs. Future and I, have spent a lifetime saving for our retirement, saving for our future, you know, building a life, getting our finances in order, getting our life in order, all these kind of things. And all of that may be in jeopardy just in a couple of months. It may come a time where they say, look, we have no choice. If you don't take this vaccine, you're too much of a threat. We're going to be forced to lock you up. And that's the end of it. Our lives have forever changed. Are are we looking at something that could literally be weeks away to be a life-changing event where we've got to make a decision? I think so. I mean, we got to remember what they said they wanted to do. They want to make this a program, this vaccination program, starting with the children, uh, tied into back to school. And it was taught, well, maybe we set it up so that your child cannot be allowed back to school unless they get the vaccine. So, I mean, it's, to me personally, I'd be like, great, if they go to public school, then fine. You know, I'll homeschool them and I'll get them out of that, uh, those places. And yeah. But at the same time, it's... I think that's that's probably what you're going to see, and, and I can definitely see it as being a plausible scenario. But, 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 Jeff, you know what? They won't stop there. You, you may say, look, I'm not going to pose a threat. I saved up enough food at home and will be here. They're going to say, look, you're posing a danger of death to your children. They're going to die of this, of this, and this is child abuse that you're doing. It. We're going to have to remove your children out of your home because they are not old enough to make that decision. So now they're going to actually come send children's services to come take your kids, just like they did 
you know, not too long ago at that other religious compound thing where they came and right. took the kids and, and, and they said, oh, yeah, there's, you know, teenagers having these kids. And it turned out the teenagers are like 28, 29 years old that had children, you know. Uh, so so they're not going to leave you alone to that, I'm afraid. I'm afraid they're going to actually come take your kids. What are you going to do when they say they're going to have to take your kids so then they can vaccinate them and keep them? Well, that's, you know, my wife and I, believe it or not, have, have been having that discussion for the last several weeks because, you know, when I came across in my research the, uh, gosh, what was it called, the, I believe the U.S. Emergency Medical Powers Act or uh, some kind of federal le- legislation along those lines, mm-hmm. uh, it pretty much said that there are no exemptions, religious or otherwise, verbatim. Uh, those who refuse are classified as felons at the state level and, and subject to incarceration, quarantine, indefin- indefinite lengths of, in jails or other facilities. So, you know, the fact that that's on the books and the fact that they could do that and, and then claim that we're abusing our children and, and play that angle on that card, we've talked about what, what would we do in that case. I mean, and I think... You don't, have to, out there yeah. you don't have to play your cards here on the radio, but uh, I would encourage all of our listeners, these are the things you need to talk with your wife. You need to think long and hard about this stuff yeah, because you, even, if this is, even if this is an unlikely event, this is something that I think we're going to see happening here in the future in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I, myself, I think it's far more than a little bit unlikely. I think this is something we're really going to face, but... This is something you guys out there in Radio Land need to think about. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. don't right. don't just hear me say that and just kind of go, "Well, I really like Vanilla," and change the station. Yeah, that's you know? yeah, that's really creepy. I better go listen to something. Yeah, uh, that's weird. I better inspiration. Oh, here, here's some fluff. Oh, yeah. fluff. Yeah, a better you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your best life. Now. Th- this is something that you're going to have to. Um, well, when it happens, it's too late to make those decisions. You're mm-hmm. going to have to have it all worked out beforehand. And uh, and I pray somehow there's a way we can avoid it or delay it or, you know, maybe we're just being paranoid. But uh, I don't think we can presume that we're being paranoid with this. That that reference that you just mentioned about eliminating uh, religious exemption and others, can, can you forward us a copy of that? Oh, somehow absolutely. get the information? Uh, that's absolutely. information we need to make better and more detailed to our listeners mm-hmm. in some way, and I appreciate you coming up with that. Any, anything else on that vein that you have come across some information that really concerns you that you need to let our listeners know about? Yeah, and I think we pretty much covered it. But well, did uh, did either of you see the the report from what was it GlaxoSmithKline and their that regulatory status index number on their? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess. Was that proven? I, I, I didn't do any follow-up on that, well, you know, but I, I went, know before I posted it. I went to a real website. It was a real website of a real place, the best I can tell. And like you say, the code number for the vaccine is 666. Right. Is the code on it. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is some kind of hoax. And I thought, well, let's look at the website. And when I looked at the website, I clicked on other parts of that same website, and it appears to be as legitimate as I can make it out to be. That it's real, exactly. and I, and I know all of us, of course, are very interested to see uh, symbols and things, what they mean, because the Bible's full of symbols. Uh, some of us go more extreme than others, but you can't help but notice the the irony in that. Uh, and if, well, exactly. if the Lord is sending something to give us a sign there. Well, that, that's what I was trying to tell people that even if if that wasn't the legitimate, you know, sign that that was talked about in the Bible to warn us ahead of time and to keep us alert about what to look for. You still got to stop and ask yourself, okay, well, you still have a pharmaceutical company in collusion with the governments 
that's designating their their biodefense stockpile with that number, and they obviously they must know the implications of that number. Right. So even right there, if that's the case, that's pretty sinister in itself. Yeah, there are a couple sick folks, if, even if that's well, the it, best. You know, one of the one of the things that we often fall into uh, is Western Western folk, Western Christians, is the idea that prophecy is always prophecy and fulfillment. But what I've been learning here just recently, well, I guess in the last year or so, that there's the Hebrew had this other sort of idea where that it was tended to be a little bit circular, and uh, the fact that even if this isn't like you said the big the big one, the fact that this is you know six 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 and uh, either God has allowed it to happen or or they've you know in some way shape or form that six six six, gosh, every Christian in the world should look at that and go wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, there's a million right. there's a million dials turning right now in mm-hmm. the Greater Nashville area, I'm looking for other programming, yeah. something more uh, exciting. I want, I want some more fluff. So well, oh, I got one last comment, uh, you know, to to make on that too. You mentioned something that we actually mentioned a few weeks ago on the show in our new segment about the nightmares that a major portion they're, they're calling them sort of like uh, I forget psycho something events, psycho neurotic events or something. But these are supposedly horrible, horrible nightmares that children are having that seem real, of ones that have been given these these vaccines. And my first thought was, and I don't mean to go overboard, but was that is this another sign of the spiritual nature of this? Is is, is there something spiritual? Because we know drugs, the, the whole word pharmakia in the Bible is about taking drugs to actually have contact in spirit communications. We've done a show on DMT that was probably one of the most disturbing things we've ever done on Future Quake uh, about real contact with real beings on the other side and the horrible, horrible events. I mean, these are the kind of things that people have done in clinical trials and had to have focus groups and and special, uh, you know, counseling groups afterwards because of the horribleness of what they encountered. Mm -hmm. And I, I could just see Satan being so diabolical that he would try to do this even to our children. Oh yeah, that that is almost I would say that's almost his MO. That's yeah. like his gig. Right. And uh so you know, again, I don't know if there's a connection there, but it just makes me wonder about it. Uh related to some of these things as far as things coming unglued. Um you've mentioned several times about a national event called NLE09. Tell us what that's about and the significance of it. Yeah, that was the uh exercise that FEMA ran uh last week and concluded uh, on Friday. And basically, it was, it was unprecedented in the sense that, you know, it, it didn't have to do with response to a terrorist event. This this type of drill was all about prevention and and keeping things, you know, from getting to that point. The, I believe the mock scenario was that uh, some kind of event, a global event or terrorist event happens uh, in some international theater, and then to prevent uh, the terrorists from carrying out a similar attack here, FEMA and all the uh, you know, military and government groups associated with them, they work in tandem to try to prevent it from happening here. So all week long, it was just a, a mobilization of forces. But the, the thing that really got a lot of folks concerned was the fact that you had something like 12 or, or maybe even 14, I think, at last check, 14 different participating countries, which was the most that uh, you'd ever seen. And, and you know, you're not, obviously you, you have some... Uh, relationships and, and this kind of thing has happened before, but not boots on the ground as far as troops and military and to those type of levels. So obviously with everything else going on, all this spiritual convergence with all the other signs and things that are going on indicating that uh, 
you know, the end is close here. Uh, that really got some people uh, unnerved a little bit, and they said, well, we've got to keep our eye on this. Well, and they keep scheduling these one after the other. I've been to some places where I've seen on, on FEMA their websites where they schedule these, and they're so frequent that, that I'm wondering if they're acclimating the people to be used to seeing armored vehicles go down Main Street, USA. And, and in fact, like this case, foreign troops uh, going through, maybe under the auspices of the UN or, or whatever, but that actually they're just getting the, 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 the country aware so there's less shock factor. You know, when it actually happens uh, at this time. Um, I guess another thing related to that is this whole discussion, and we've, we've talked about it a number of times on our show, about the potential of having widespread civilian internment camps. Uh, many people think it's a total myth. They've pointed to one or two videos on YouTube and said, well, look at that and laugh at it, like as if that's the whole story. Um, well, you know, go ahead. Just a couple things come to mind. Uh, we mentioned on our show before here that uh, I pursued through our local congressman to find out about what happened to the camps that were supposed to be built by Brown and Root in a 2006 contract. It was 385 million, and uh, our congressman staffer in Washington has been working on that for you know a couple of months, and finally gave up. He was keeping me updated and said, "Look, nobody knows anything about this." And he said, "Even the head of contracting." For the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, the head of contracting said that their 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 contracting file was empty. It had no reports, no update, and you know it's three years. That money's got to be spent. I've been in the military. I know how these projects have to be executed. There, there's no track record they have. The head of contracting for the government on what's going on, and it really perplexed this uh, congressional representative of me. And then on the other hand, we've got this information that just came out about the uh, GoArmy.com that's actually recruiting people online at the Army website for civilian internment and relocation camps. Smash the skull of a citizen now with GoArmy. <laughs> I mean, this, this is actually on an Army website about, about getting people for civilian relocation camps. Um, is there any other information you've come across, Jeff, that suggests that this may be a reality, or, or do you question it whether – you know, massive relocation of the public is going to occur. Oh, it's definitely reality. It's not a myth. The evidence is there, and, and like you just, you know, pointed to in that ad. I mean, there it is in black and white. I think the only thing I would point to to add to this is that when I did a series of articles on this a few months back, I set out to try to debunk it myself because I, you know, I was like, that's, there's no way it's possible. I don't believe it. I'm still in that little phase. And uh, I remember I came across one presentation where through Google Earth, uh, gosh, you, you you can do a search, and they actually have all the FEMA content. They call them on Google Earth FEMA concentration camps, and or Rex 84 detention facilities. And that's something you can test on your own. Uh, if people listening are familiar, I'm sure with Rex 84, they've maybe heard it or seen it come up in other places. But that was an exercise, much like the uh, LE FEMA drill that we mentioned from back in the 80s. And that exercise anticipated civil disturbances, major demonstrations, and strikes that would affect the continuity of government and or resource mobilization. And it you know, had to do with moving people into these camps and uh, detaining them. So it sounds quite a, a bit like those uh, tea parties from today, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I, I've seen some sites like that, and I looked at the ones in Nashville, and the ones they mentioned in Nashville are actually currently prisons. Like uh, 
there's one of them they talk about with the fence going in, and it's actually a women's prison right now. So it has some other okay. utility right now. Um, I, I think one of the challenges that, that is going to be hard for us is that they're going to throw us disinformation too, and that's about all the topics we talked about tonight and others, is that they're going to try to throw some people who are trying to really be aware of what they're doing and throw a few things out there to discredit us. And so all of us, uh, us, you, everybody in our circle, need to keep an eye on each other that they're going to try to set us up for some stuff. But at the same time, we don't want to be gun-shy about showing that this stuff's out there. And, and again, it was really unnerving to me when I found out my own congressman uh, and his staffers could not get information on what's going on with these camps. The, the, the 2006 contract with Brown and Root for these camps is a reality. It's not a rumor. Uh, I know Alcee Hastings uh, got approval for building at least a handful of additional camps recently. Uh, and, you know, they'll say it's for Katrina-like events or things like that. They've even tried to say that these things are for illegal aliens that are coming into, you know, our place. And I think we found a lot of that slowed down when our economic stuff came to a stop. That that solved a lot of the illegal immigration issue. We're back at FutureQuake with Dr. Future. And Tom, I don't want to go to a camp, Bionic. Okay. I'm glad you still are of that opinion. Yeah. I'm glad you haven't changed your opinion. Although, you know, I do kind of look at it as sort of like a mission mission field. Yeah. Do you think we should recommend? Actually, you know what? Uh, that GoArmy.com site, they could practice picking you up and taking you to a camp. Really? And you could do that. That's I could a, recommend you for that. I, I recommend that you, you, you recommend me as a practice participant. Well, why don't you just, like, get on the inside of the internment camp and be our correspondent? You could call in. Yeah. You Ready know, to do a future quick? All right, four. Excuse me, Doc. I've got a tasing session. I'll be right back. Yeah. I'm going to have to sign off a little early, guys. So yeah. Continue on. i got to get yeah. beaten with a rubber truncheon. Well, I'm glad you're looking forward to it because yeah. uh, um, I'm sure be it'll be something good. That's yeah. right. That's exactly right. You might as well, if you got to go somewhere, you might as well accept it and get used to it. But Brother Jeff talked about that a lot in this segment, a lot of information. Um, not to make light of all this, it just seems so surreal, it's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we almost just have to have a little glimmer of, of humor uh, because of the fact that uh, what's in store for us and what's happening is just hard to believe. And, of course, many people mm-hmm. don't believe us. No. But we're glad Brother Jeff's there and his army of listeners and readers yeah. also are understanding. And he's he's telling the truth as he sees it, and I think that's what the most important thing is. And someone else will tell you the truth is Merv. He'll tell you exactly how to contact us here at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, that's the end. Let's hit it. we got one more segment with Jeff Ratt tomorrow. Conclusion, please check it out. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not Osiris or Apollyon Bionic. You really had us going there. I'm glad for the disclaimer. Yeah.
full disclosure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, it's great to be with you here. Uh, we've got our concluding segment of our interview with Mr. Jeff Ratt, who is the blogmaster of the incredible LookUpFellowship.com blog. Uh, and also the co-host of the Big Finale radio show mm-hmm. with Bruce Collins. Yeah. And we're, we've been talking this week about events and developments with hidden prophetic significance. And uh, I just want to assure you, no matter what you think about uh, our interviewing skills of Mr. Rat, if you go to his blog, you are going to find some fascinating information, uh, multimedia, uh, little mini-movies that he's found, uh, uh, video clips, uh, uh, drawings, pictures, photos, and a lot of research information that uh, every day you'll find fascinating. He's a very honest researcher, very straightforward, and uh, whether you agree with his conclusions or not, you're going to find him interesting no matter what, and we just highly recommend him. And uh, if you've not been listening this week, you'll enjoy this segment. We suggest you get the rest of the uh, interview at futurequake.com in our archived uh, interviews. But with no further ado, why don't you say we bring Jeff in? Bring on okay. Jeff. Okay, here is Mr. Jeff Ratt uh, talking about events and developments with hidden prophetic significance, and then we'll be right back to discuss it at the conclusion of Future Quake. I would like to make one comment. I think you, you nailed it there. I, I, I don't think that, you know, look, none of us are sitting here saying with 100% certainty that this is absolutely going to happen by such and such a date, if at all. I mean, in a sense, we're watchmen, though, and, and watchmen right. aren't prophets. We're not going to sit here and be able to foretell the future. or our, We're not even expected to. Right. The best any of us can do, though, is declare what we see, as it might relate to prophecy, and just give that warning. So, you know, we're not perfect, we're not infallible, but it's our obedience to the call that really drives us, and we have to report what our discoveries and research uh, turns up and, and then just put it out there and, and see what happens. That's right, and, and watchmen get it when they don't do their job, when, when the enemy comes and they don't call out to the people. So you've, you've, you've got to err on the side of caution. And I would suggest all of our listeners, you know, if you shake your fingers at people because any of us might mention something and it doesn't come to pass, I wouldn't get too cocky if I were you uh, because uh, this is going to happen to all of us at some time. And, and people here are trying to sacrifice a lot of their personal time to do a service for their fellow man, uh, whether they're a believer or not. And... Uh, uh, we need to cut each other all a little bit of slack uh, in that kind of thing, and I certainly believe that too. Uh, you know, there's, there's some groups that go a little overboard on things like that, but um, you know, it's all well-meaning, and most of the time I find they're right. Uh, you know, just uh, I take one of the most well-known cases, a guy like Alex Jones. You know, he he takes a lot of flack from a lot of people from what he does, but I have to admit, over the time I've seen most of the stuff what he said is right. Yeah, uh, and that's it's the scary. That's well, the it's, scariest it's part. stuff that I should have heard in churches or from church people. You know, and I hear on a secular show like yeah, that. Yeah, but they're busy talking about your best life now. Well, that's true. How to <laughs> be more happy in our day-to-day personal yeah, life I know. and Just, uh, feel better about ourselves. Yeah. You know, uh, as opposed to self-esteem service. Self-esteem issues. Uh, you know, another thing you've talked a lot about, Jeff, on, on your blog, and it repeatedly comes up, is this thing about the imminent possibility of ET disclosure. Um, certainly come up on our show a number of times. It is one of those litmus tests for people. On whether they're, they're whether they roll their eyes and don't listen to anything else we say if you bring it up, or whether they're still with you, because it really is a, something that sort of separates people on whether they're willing to even facilitate that in a scriptural uh, possibility. Um, what what kind of evidence do you think you've seen lately that suggests that that disclosure may be seen? Uh, one of the things I just want to mention that you've talked about, as well as other places that I found was fascinating, I think a lot of people missed, was about Buzz Aldrin. 
Uh, if you could just mention what he just – you remember what he just claimed uh, recently? Oh. Yeah, the Auburn comment, uh, that was a big one. And, and how embarrassing is it, though, that he said it on C- C-SPAN of all places – and not a single follow-up comment by the host of the interview. I mean, it's to me that's just bad commentary on the state of the washout press. I think mean, it, for those who missed it, Aldrin was doing a C-SPAN interview during uh, the anniversary of the uh, moon landings, and he, his, he commented that there's a monolith. His word: there's a, a monolith, not a naturally occurring object, uh, on one of the moons of Mars, uh, the Mars moon Phobos. And then he adds the cutesy little phrase at the end. That God put it there, and you know, I was on a, uh, another show last week, and the comment was, "Yeah, you know, who's God?" Uh, so, you know, never mind the fact that this would be a ridiculous bit of just, you know, again, spiritual convergence, because within the context of everyone talking to him about being uh, the first to land on the moon, it's legendary filmmaker Stanley Kubrick in his film 2001: A Space Odyssey that portrayed astronauts finding a monolith on the moon. So. Yeah, I noticed that. That was a, a little chuckle. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, that was certainly one of the big pieces of news that speaks to this full disclosure, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder uh, wow. what he's referring to and those kind of things. He's talking about, like, the potato-shaped, um, you know, um, heavenly body that has this thing on it. Um, of all things, Richard Hoagland, you know, of Coast to Coast, often on there, had something he found strange that was sent to him anonymously about – a Viewmaster Viewer presentation from back in, the, I think, the 50s that actually had these, like, cartoon kind of characters or marionette kind of characters that were spacemen, and they went and found the same thing. They went on that same heavenly body. They went out there and found a um, monolith on there. They first saw something on the moon that suggested to go look at this other place, and when they go there, they find a sphinx that looks like what's what's in Egypt. And they find, like, right. these weird pyramid structures, and they go in, and they, they find this stuff that, you know, the people who created us were from Mars and were actually our creators on Earth and things like this. So it's it's eerie in that it almost repeats exactly what something – and, you know, and it's been often said that people like Werner von Braun, who was a, uh, uh advisor to Disney for their productions and things – that you find a lot of this information sort of interspersed in the public and the consciousness just, just in dribs and drabs. They, they put this stuff in to prep people, sort of like the movie Knowing that came out recently. All uh, right. Are there any other things that you see going on that give you a suggestion that uh, disclosure is right on the horizon? Yeah, there were a few things. I mean, that alone, that, that comment by Aldrin, that's enough to make me think that this conditioning process is almost complete. But then you throw in how uh, governments of the world are slowly starting to open up about what they know about all this uh, after the U.K., Denmark, Sweden, and Uruguay uh, declassified their UFO files. The Russian Navy declassified its records of encounters with uh, unidentified objects uh, roughly around the same time, about a week or two ago. So there was that that happened. Uh, at, and right on the heels of that, there was a, a real picture that was going around that was, I guess, smuggled out of a UFO Congress held in Nevada back in uh, 2009, a private conference. And it, it was supposedly a picture of an alien hybrid. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details, and I don't know right. how legit that is, but, uh, you know, there's a whole backstory behind it. I think the biggest thing to me that, that speaks to this full disclosure event being close and at hand is just how, how Hollywood is upping the ante, so to speak, uh, here down the stretch of 09. Since the year started, we've seen 
film after film come out that speaks to this idea. Uh, you know, you had the race to which mountain, the day the Earth stood still, knowing you mentioned uh, Terminator, Star Trek, Transformers. But there's one coming out next week that I've said it, it takes things to the next level to the point where it's either going to directly precede a full disclosure event or it's going to uh, directly follow one. And I, I know I'm going to take some heat for that. That's fine. But my point is to just simply say that there is a whole new level to this film. It's called District 9. It's it's produced by Peter Jackson of, of Lord of the Rings fame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the whole idea is that 30 years ago, aliens first made contact with Earth. Earth. They've been, uh, the humans, excuse me, waited for the hostile attack, the giant advances in technology, and neither of those came. So instead, the aliens became refugees in a part of the globe known as District 9. And then there was this private company, multinational, or, you know, multi-whatever came up and, uh, together and, and kind of kept them in that area. Uh, it, it just takes the whole backstory and this whole idea of full mm-hmm. disclosure and everything we've talked about related to it to a whole new level. Well, I definitely agree with you that they seem like they they test the waters culturally when they when they put these storylines and mythology in to, to basically program the public uh, to accept this. And in fact, I mean, how many times do you ask people about stuff that's in the Bible, like the days of Moses, and people get confused on what was in the movie The Ten Commandments versus what's in the real Bible? <laughs> Most of the time, right. people who know it's about our own religion is what they saw in a movie, yeah. not what they heard in church. I'm talking about the average yeah. Christian. So all of this stuff sticks in the mythology, sticks in our heads. And uh, I personally think, and this would be a longer discussion than what we have left, but the movie Watchmen uh, is actually the occult uh, eschatology. It's really the occult eschatology. I believe the Dr. Manhattan character actually represented a Gnostic Jesus uh, that was a man who ascended to godhood according to their belief uh, and became, again, very disinterested with material man as as a point. And I think that the night owl represented the secret societies that preserve knowledge, uh, as well as uh, his, his woman represented the Isis of mystery knowledge. And you have an Antichrist figure who, at least in the comic book version, creates a fake alien invasion to, right. unite, to unite all the worlds together, or all the countries of the world together, and uh, in fact uh, convinces the, the Jesus character and everyone except the, the Christian character, the one who has this absolute sense of right and wrong, and refuses to compromise. Everybody decides to go along with the lie, except the the one who's the absolutist. And it turns out the Jesus character has to kill him uh, to be able to maintain the lie. So, and when you find out that the gentleman, uh, uh, Mr. Moore, who actually produced that uh, movie and the comic book, is actually one of the top occultists in the world and a practicing witch, we sh- we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, these kind of things. So I don't know if you've looked much at that particular movie, but I think it has some of the clearest delineations. Uh, no, I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, of these things, I, I got to ask you about one other thing real quick before we sort of wrap up looking to the future. That I've not even had a chance to study much, and we just got a few minutes. Sort of a deep topic. Uh, it seems like to me that you have compared somewhere in your blog about Satan sort of has his own Alpha and Omega uh, corollary in Apollo and Osiris being sort right. of an alpha and omega. I thought that's a sort of a neat analogy. Can yeah, you give us a quick capsule, if it's possible, on how you yes, came to that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the significance of Apollo, I mean, it, it can't be lost on us. Uh, last week I interviewed King Wells Jr., who compiled a lot of research for his book, Ancient Myths in the Bible, and, and we just discussed the importance and relevance 
of uh, ancient Greek and Roman mythology to Bible prophecy. So uh, here's where it all comes together. Revelation 9, verses 1 to 11, uh, especially that last verse that says, uh, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. Well, the scriptures tell us that in Greek this angel goes by the name Apollyon. Apollyon is the Apollo from ancient mythology. Uh, according to Webster's, Apollyon is a common misspelling of Apollo. Uh, there was an author by the name of uh, Rudolf Steiner, I believe it was, right. uh, who wrote Egyptian Myths and Mysteries way back in 1908. He stated that uh, the Greeks realized that the Egyptian god Osiris is the same as the Greek god Apollo. Uh, so you have this, this correlation between these two. Uh, you have another author, Geraldine Tinch, I believe it was, in her book uh, said that Anubis now, another individual being entered into the mix, was the keeper of the keys of the underworld. So long story short, if Osiris became the ruler of the underworld, then he is now the keeper of the keys to the underworld, or as scripture points out, Apollo is the keeper of the mm -hmm. keys to the underworld, then in essence they're both one and the same. And this is just merely another example of Satan's attempt to not only mimic, mock, and ridicule God and Jesus, but to sort of predate Christianity in an attempt to discredit uh, end times prophecy. Mm -hmm. That's a fascinating correlation. Are you familiar very much with Peter Goodgame's work in this area? Uh, I haven't read any of it, but uh, I've had several people recommend that to me. Yeah, you, you uh, really should. It's yeah. very, very timely. Yeah, I believe uh, if you the top of his webpage, redmoonrising.com, has a discovery in Giza, and that'll get you deep, deep, deep into it. And in fact, his assertions just from archaeological data that suggest that Osiris was actually Nimrod, and that he okay. was the, he was the first, uh, basically the one who set himself as the dying and rising god that was sacrificed by the, by the heavenly host and uh, was mummified, taken to Egypt, and is promised to return as the eighth king that is one of the seven. It's a fascinating premise he has, and he has good, strong information to it. And certainly love to see your comments on your blog, uh, is because yeah. I think it also dovetails into the direction you're going with your research. Uh, you, you know, we're getting here toward the end of it, and I just wanted to see what you think are some of the most important stories you've covered particularly ones we've not talked about tonight, and will continue to monitor? I think, you know, a lot of people have criticized me lately for uh, becoming what they call a political blog over anything else. And, uh, you know, I, I just try to point out that we know what's in our future, a one-world government, you know, led by that brutal and corrupt dictator that we call the Antichrist. So without political deception that leads to social unrest, you, know, you can't really have that order out of chaos that they're looking for. So my intent is to just shine that light of truth on that darkness of deceit, apply Ephesians 5.11, Matthew 10.16 uh, on a regular basis, and, and really just, it's all out of a passion and a desire to grab people and say, look, I'm only doing this not, you know, I'm not trying to make this a political debate. My point is that if people are falling for the deception of man, and the deception of these man-made institutions, whether it be a government organization, the government itself, the media, whatever it is, how much more, you know, how, how are they going to, they're going to be like putty in the Antichrist's hands, in the false prophet's hands, when they come with all those lying signs and wonders. So I'm just trying to get people to open up to that. And uh, I think those are some of the things I'm going to focus on, and, and probably that's probably been some of the most important work the last few months, mm -hmm. which is shining that light of truth on that darkness. Well, you know, we would be we would be suspect to the same criticism too, 
Uh, in fact, some of ours have taken us in veins that would take us away from some of the mainstream of evangelical thinking. In fact, we've been very critical of some of the largest evangelical thinking. To say the least. To say the least. <laughs> uh, That's mild. You know, having come from that background ourselves. But I, I would just like to remind you what I remind our listeners regularly out of Revelation 18, where it teaches in Revelation 18 that the kings of the earth and the great merchants of the earth conspire together. They use pharmakia. They use sorcery involving drugs to contact the spirit world. And it says also they use it to deceive the nations of the earth. And I would say that a lot of the research that you have on your on your page and what we do on our show uh, would, would could actually be encompassed in that general teaching that the Bible gives. And the indication I get from those passages, that's just not something they do in the tribulation period. But that it has been an ongoing uh, process that they have done that they will be judged for one day. And their end will come suddenly. Um, do you have any comment on that? I think you nailed it. I mean, you said it all there. It's just we have to commit to it. And, you know, I commend the two of you for constantly putting yourselves out there time after time and, and just for your willingness to discuss those topics. I mean, you're right. They're not necessarily mainstream to most Christians, but they're all very, very important to both Christians and non-Christians alike. And it is truly a vital service at this uh, moment in time. So my hat goes off to you two. Can oh, you, gosh, thank you. Can you give us any hints? Of what you're looking at now that we might see in a future post that you're nosing around on your your research on? Yeah, I will say that I have a, a lot of things lined up in the queue. Uh, a lot of it has to center around some uh, some curious symbols and and things, uh, architectural discoveries that were, or excuse me, um, archaeological discoveries that were found. Uh, that just you know the timing of it is suspect. The commentary that. Uh, you know, they, they kind of foster his suspect, and I'm going to try to point to those and say, look, there's a, there's a definite message being communicated here. And again, it speaks to the same thing. Are we willing to accept it and look at it, or are we going to continue to bury our heads in the sand and uh, keep those blinders on? I hope I don't see one one day that says, like, the evil side of future quake or something like that. <laughs> that would be really di- discouraging. I don't know if I'd want to read the rest of it, if it is. Uh, but, you know, you got to keep er- keep on everybody's toes, you know. Uh, you're going to have wheats and tares, you know, interspersed, the Bible says. So we have to be circumspect in the world of everything that we look at. Um, any any last words you have for our listeners on other things that they need to be aware of and looking out for in the future themselves or how to prepare yes. themselves? You've mentioned a little bit about having some conversation as a family about the vaccines, what they need to do. Anything else related to other topics that they need to keep their eyes on themselves? Well, you know, I think I would just try to impress upon people that despite all the chaos, the confusion, the death, the deception, you know, and, the, and the, all the uncertainty that surrounds us, we need to rest and take hope in knowing that our God is more powerful than the most sophisticated scheme that the devil can come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides, he's already victorious in the sense that he holds time in his hands, past, Amen. present, and future, and, and he's sitting on his throne as we speak. So. We need to take comfort knowing that everything is going exactly as planned and prophesied thousands of years ago. So if we can understand that, then our fear should not be a natural response for us. We should fight any fear with faith and remember his promises to us uh, now more than ever. Now, you say that frequently on your website, fight fear with faith. Obviously, that's something very important to you. You don't want to be known as just a, a paranoid site just to try to get people all worked up and all nervous. You want to inform people so they're aware of what it is, 
but you also want to let them know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and that we we need to take action we need to know what's going on take appropriate action but that we don't need we don't have any license to fear by what we're doing is that correct yeah that's exactly right i mean you know there's going to be a time in our lives very soon here where we're going to be confronted with such horrific circumstances if not demonic forces themselves and and the question is going to be whether or not we'll be prepared and ready to to use those spiritual weapons of warfare that god gave us and you know, use them in those situations. So I think at the end of the day, we need to remind ourselves that spiritual warfare is a normal concept. It's, it's a reality in the life of every believer, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And fear, again, is not a fruit of the Spirit. So I just always think back to the, you know, those, those great stories of faith. A woman with the issue of blood knew that if she could just touch the edge of our Lord's cloak, you know, she'd be healed. The centurion knew for a fact that if the Lord gave him his word, his servant would be healed. And, uh, you know, the Lord, in each one of these cases, he marveled at such faith. And in the centurion's case, said, look, I haven't seen that in all of Israel. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a statement. And I think we need to start reminding ourselves of that. Right. That's right. Uh, you know, with all these new things that you're doing with the radio and things, it's going to be hard for you to keep up with everything. And so I want our listeners to keep you in prayer, that the Lord could speak clearly to you and give you a confident word and would help you with your business and family and things that you can balance it appropriately, what else he calls you to do, uh, but to be able to know what to focus on uh, in, the, in the work that you're doing because it's very, very important. And I just want to impress on all our listeners to, to make an appointment daily to go to lookupfellowship.com and to also catch your show. Now, when is your show broadcast and how the, can they find out when to listen to you and Bruce? Yeah, the, the I'm on every other week, every other Friday. My next uh, hosting gig will be next Friday the 14th. I always make sure that I, I put an update up on the website, lookupfellowship.com, so they know when the uh, show's coming up, when a guest appearance is coming up, and, and just keep them posted of where they can find these shows and, and download them and you know tune in if they need to. Okay, so they can keep up with it that way. Anything else you're doing, podcast or anything else like that for the time being? I'm not, no. So you're focusing on the, the big finale and, and doing that with Bruce? That's correct. Okay. Well, listeners, uh, you've heard it, and we want to encourage you, when you're not listening to Future Quake, to please check out these shows. What can our listeners do for you in conclusion here, Jeff? Oh, God. Like you said, I, I would greatly appreciate any time spent in prayer. And you know, I just pray that some hearts and minds were finally open to the truth tonight if there were some things that uh, people were uncertain about or had questions about. And, uh, again, if, if all that is done and, and all that's being said, just sit down, draw close to the Lord, learn to rest on his promises to us, and learn how to put on the whole armor of God now more than ever because uh, we're going to need them and need them soon. So that would be my only uh, mm-hmm. advice. And spend lots of time in the Word and in prayer. That's never wasted time. If you don't know what to do, sit down, read your Bible, and pray. Pray for yourself and your family and pray for people who are doing shows like Brother Jeff. Uh, that's never, if you ever wonder what to do, that's something you can do. And I want to encourage any of our listeners that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, if this information scared you to be scared about your spiritual position, then all the better. I don't don't mean to scare you into heaven, but whatever gets you in there to eternity is fine with me as long as you join the rest of us into what God really wants you to have, which is a relationship with him that's eternal. In nature, that's our prayer for all of us, mm-hmm. Brother Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I, I can't thank you enough for having me on. Well, I hope it's been a positive experience for you, 
and I certainly want to encourage you to come back again soon. I would love to, guys. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Brother Jeff, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Good night, and God bless. Good night. We're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, still not Apollyon or Osiris, Bionic. Are you Tom, no longer Bionic? Well, let's not get at it. Okay. Let's not get out on a limb here. Well, you know, what I find interesting looking in conclusion of this interview is that uh, Brother Jeff gravitates to a lot of the same issues that concern you and I. Mm-hmm. No I don't kidding. mean us to be ditto heads or anything like that. Well, I don't want to be redundant, but the fact is it, there must be something to it. Well, I feel like uh, I feel like so often we talk about different things and only a very a very select group of people get it, and then the rest of the people just totally... Uh, go, you're crazy, we don't want to talk to you. And, yeah. Uh, sometimes not Including most nice. of the WNO listeners yeah. and internet listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even my own even my own neighbors and things. Yeah, right. Um, but here's a guy, I must not be completely crazy, because here's a, another guy who uh, is into the same things. And, and he's pretty respectable. He's pretty respectable. A small business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo, New York, up there and doing... Recruiting and stuff, you know what's going on, right? You know, so I, you know, I'll just go with I'm crazy. Oh, I'll just there we go. <laughs> no, I won't say you're crazy. Delusional? Maybe, maybe just like fits of it, but mm-hmm. that's it. Not, not naturally. Nut house. Brother Jeff, I sure glad he he dropped in to see us. Uh, he's yes. a very busy guy. I wish the best for his uh, radio show. I recommend everybody check it out. Um, we all have sometimes a little bit different spin on a few little things here and there, and I think you should check all of it to be able to find out where each of you stand, listeners. Uh, we have our own future quick thing, and of course you and I, Tom, don't always agree on the things we talk about. But one thing I want to mention True. real quick is that he is also another Christian who still thinks something's going to come out of this ET disclosure thing. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I have tried to resist that for so long because I was afraid it was just getting a weirdness that would discredit us and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's more and more consensus that Satan has this up his sleeve as part of an end times thing. That's true. And it just seems time will tell. A little but bit. A little bit. Well, you know, I believe there are passages in the Old Testament talking about the old end time deception being something that nobody's ever going to believe if they were told beforehand about right. it. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Something else that nobody would ever believe is our friend uh, Merv. <laughs> Merv, would you come and tell our listeners how they can contact us here at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go. Now who's acting loony? <laughs> we, well, we got to go. Tomorrow's Tomorrow's Tremors, where we review the news. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. 
not going to really think about taking a swine flu pandemic vaccine because they scare me, bionic. I, I thought I thought you'd had a vaccine that had slowed down your uh, synapses. It had slowed down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be with you on a Friday, uh, particularly if you're a new listener here and you have no idea who you're listening to. Uh, we do something every Friday, Monday through Thursday. We have a wonderful guest that comes with us. This last week was uh, Brother Jeff Ratt from Look Up Fellowship, mm-hmm. uh, who I hope you all have now bookmarked his site as a place you need to keep up with regularly. But Friday is very different. We don't have a guest. Mm-hmm. We do what on Friday? A sort of confrontational intervention. Intervention? I don't know what that is. Well, you know, it's like confrontation and... Okay. You get mad at me because I why don't do remember I, what day it is. Why do I waste my time? It's tomorrow's tremors <laughs> or today's review of the future's news. See? And I'm going to get some intervention. I'm going to get some flashcards <laughs> to show it to Tom Bionic. It's the last thing I do. Um, we're going to we've got some news stories to review about the regular okay. old uh, whimsical information about internment camps and and uh, vaccinations and things like that. But I just wondered if you had any announcements. Mighty Tom's Bible study. Mighty Times Bible Study yeah. at the Revelations Radio Network uh-huh. dot com. Yes. Or iTunes. You also get it on iTunes. I believe you can get it on iTunes. Okay. Um, still a lot of people reading. Still doing that. Yeah, I've I've had some. Uh, you know, I moved as I think I. Uh, mm-hmm. You obviously know about. Maybe the listeners might have intimated. I've intimated to them. So I I missed a I missed a post. I was really early. I did two two of the weekly Bible studies like really really. Shame early. on you. Well, technically, there's you know, one Future per week. Quake has never had a, a rerun. Since we've been on WNL uh, in like 15 months. What about January uh, of last year? Nope. I think so. Nope. I think so. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Nope. Nope. I, nope. 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 I was just trying to shame you. Okay. Okay. So you missed a week. Yeah. Well, I didn't really miss did a week. Did you lose all just, your audience or are they well, like Well, I just posted it now? early is all I did. Oh, all right. So. All right. Um, and, but right now I'm having some audio problems, which you can certainly. Yeah. Um, that never stopped us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to go right up. through our audio problems. Well, I got I happily posted it. We don't promise it. It just, good fidelity. I just I just posted it as a PTS file, which is really good if you have a Pro Tools LE setup. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's high-end audio software. Okay. So, uh if you have a Pro Tools LE setup, yeah. you've got like the the creme de la creme. But you know, nobody's caring is listening in our audience, I, I bet. Right I, now. I don't even care either. But there are some people still listening and they like the Bible. Yeah. So, so that's Bible things not becoming obsolete. It's no. still finding some interest yeah. in teaching that. So. Well, that's wonderful. And we say hey to all of our friends out yeah. there, Futurians, including our new ones. It looks like a lot of our our new friends uh, from the visit I had at uh, Coast to Coast AM mm-hmm. are hanging around. Cool. And I think that's really cool. And a lot of people have said that emailed me that they were Christians and didn't know that there was a Christian show that talked about the stuff we talk about. Well, cool. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. If you like what you're hearing... Uh, Burn us on to DVDs and give us to all your friends. Please do. Uh, go into message boards. Like mm-hmm. if you go into different places, mm-hmm. whether they talk about prophecy or the Bible or anything, mm-hmm. uh, just get in, even the paranormal. Go into yeah. any of that kind of stuff. Go tell in them, there tell and say, them about us. hey, have you heard about this show? You all could be the biggest part of our success of anything. Yeah, we need we need you, the listeners, to help us go what they call viral. We need to get out there and just right. go crazy. And I'm getting ready to put some pictures of the Future Mobile up on futurequake.com. Right on. And you will see pictures of you all on there. Mm-hmm. You'll actually see the Futurian castle right behind Dr. Future and Tom Bionic mm-hmm. and Pyro and Merv. Mm-hmm. And you'll see you all running out there to the defense, fighting with us with the big flag of truth 
right there on the side of uh, Dr. Future's car, mm-hmm. and we, we see you all have a role. Uh, if you have a local Christian radio station, Christian talk station in town, call them and tell them about how the one in Nashville carries Future Quake and that why don't they carry it. That would be another great thing to do, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Yeah, no kidding. So anything it takes, you know, scrawl it on the subway walls and tenement halls. There you go. Uh, okay, we got some stories. Okay. Do you want to? Uh... Um, I'd like to go, and I'll try and get through this one. This one quickly here. Okay. Um, this is this comes from uh, theexaminer.com, which I took to be. Uh, uh, it, I got it online, but it comes from theexaminer.com, uh, and it says in Arizona. I believe they said it was in Arizona. It's a U.S. story. It's a U.S. Okay. story. Which is worse, the coming swine flu bag- pandemic or the untested vaccine? Um, so this guy gives some information about partway down through the article that I'd like. It's mm-hmm. really the meat here. Okay. Uh, in 1976, a national influenza campaign was designed to immunize nearly the entire United States population in fear of an influenza pandemic. However, th- however, the A. New Jersey 1976 H1N1 vaccine, also known as a swine flu vaccine, was found to be linked with the development of Julian Barr syndrome, or GBS, and the program ended. A total of 532 patients had received a New Jersey influenza uh, vaccination prior to their onset of GBS, and 15 patients received a vaccination after their onset of GBS. Julian Barr syndrome is a, is a disorder in which the body's immune system attacks part of the peripheral nervous system. The first symptoms of this disorder include, include varying degrees of weakness or tingling sensations in the legs, uh, very similar to what people report having when they have adverse reactions to Gardasil, actually. Uh, with the saline, okay. um, uh, saline additive. In many instances, the weakness and ab- abnormal sensations spread to their arms and upper body. These symptoms, cannot, these symptoms can increase in intensity until the muscles cannot be used at all and the patient is almost totally paralyzed. In these cases, the disorder is life-threatening and is considered a medical emergency. The patient is often put on a respirator to assist with breathing. Most patients do recover from even the most severe cases of Julian Barr syndrome, although some continue, ha- some continue to have varying degrees of weakness. Julian Barr syndrome is rare. Usually Julian Barr occurs a few days or weeks after the patient has had symptoms of a respiratory or gastro- gastrointestinal viral infection. Uh, occasionally surgery will trigger the syndrome. Um, now the first doses of swine flu vaccine will be given to the public before full data on its safety and effectiveness become available, doctors confirmed yesterday. But unlike seasonal flu vaccine, the pandemic version will be spread over two doses in a higher quantity, and one brand is expected to contain a chemical added to make it go further, potentially increasing the risk of side effects, called saline. Here's a, me- here's a comment from a discussion. How do you spell that saline? S-A-U-L-E-N-E. Huh. Look it up. Saline. Uh, you will find that saline. I've done some information, mm-hmm. uh, or done some, done some looking into that. Saline finds its way into any sort of vaccine that messes people up. It's been linked to Gulf War Syndrome, um, uh, uh, MS, uh, just a ton of things. Is that why they put it in the vaccine? I don't know why they put it in the vaccine. I'm not a I'm not a biologist, mm-hmm. but there uh, it, it is. It was an additive to that that vaccine that they sent out in uh, Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic, right. and uh, it's um, pretty scary. They use it in Gardasil, and it's uh, from the stuff that I've read. Um, and I, this is not conclusive, but the, from mm-hmm. the stuff that I've read, uh, when people have adverse reactions to the Gardasil shot and die, mm-hmm. 100% of the time there's saline 
in the vaccine. Wow. Well, you know, um, back in the mid-70s when they had swine flu shots then, Mm -hmm. uh, there was widespread paralysis and death that happened from that, Mm -hmm. and they had to recall the vaccine. Yeah. So we're going Mm -hmm. right through that again, and they're just saying, trust us this time, although they've not had time for any substantive clinical trials. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. Um, But the thing is, what I've heard on, on these... These flu is for for the most of the population, you know, it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. There's only certain folk that it'll actually lead to, you know, long term death or some kind of long term disability. So, yeah. so the the, the seems like the flu is a little bit more benign, mm-hmm. but but the side effects from this sound like they're much worse. A high level U.S. government decision in 1976 to vaccinate 43 million people against swine flu backfired badly. Not only did the dreaded outbreak never materialize materialize but some 500 american people 500 americans who did get vaccinated came down uh with a rare neurodegenerative condition called julian barr syndrome which many expert experts believe was linked to the shot 25 of those 500 people died now u.s health officials are considering a fall immunization campaign that could involve an unprecedented 600 million doses of vaccine for the currently circulating h1n1 swine flu vaccine how do health experts know 2009 won't be a repeat of the 1976 fiasco? Are there any guarantees the vaccine will be safe? The short answers to those questions, according to the experts, are we don't know and no. Uh, a panel at the National Biodefense Safety Board has voted unanimously to recommend that the swine flu vaccine trial should be rushed and that only preliminary safety and effectiveness trials should be done so that the vaccines can be ready by September. Getting swine flu vaccine by September means skipping all but the most preliminary clinical tests of vaccine safety and effectiveness. Public health officials around the world have taken their cue from the WHO, the World Health Organization, and embarked on an, on an aggressive campaign to vaccinate against the swine flu even before the vaccine safety has been tested or the safety of the vaccine adjuvants have been tested. The adjuvants are very bad as well. Hmm. Make no mistake, vaccines containing Immune system boosters called adjuvants are not candidates for the easier strain change approval, the FDA says. Flu vaccine with this extra ingredient is widely sold in Europe but has never been sold here, and there's little information about their safety in young children or pregnant women. Both adjuvant-free and adjuvant-added swine flu vaccines have been tested in the U.S. and abroad. Using it outside of those studies would require a completely separate government decision. Uh, The need for such legal immunity for manufacturers uh, surely raises doubt about the safety of these experimental vaccines. While adults are being asked to, volunt- asked to voluntarily test the vaccine, children will not become non children will become non-consenting test subjects. It now seems like that thousands of non, if not millions of people, will die either from swine flu or from the vaccine for swine flu, uh, which is why they would need immunity. If you're mm-hmm. if you're a drug maker, why do you press for a preliminary immunity to a vaccine? Unless you are relatively sure that you're going to need that immunity. Mm-hmm. Well, the government, cases. the government has requested immunity too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, difficult, either either from swine flu, millions of people will die, either from swine flu or from the vaccine for swine flu. Uh, difficult to say which of these two scenarios or perhaps another will prove too. But I don't think uh, you have to be a conspiracy theorist to know something is afoot. There is, and this is probably the most mm-hmm. telling sentence, sentence in the whole article. There is no way that drug companies can look at the billions of dollars to be made from the government, combined with the I- immunity from liability, and not try mm-hmm. to cut corners. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to throw mm-hmm. that out there they for have our no accountability not to. Yes. 
So the so the short answer is uh, this. This vaccine gives people Julian Barr disease and it kills them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the drug makers are looking at billions of dollars in potential profits, so they don't bother to do tests. And uh, um, we get to we are you know we get mandatory. You have to take the vaccine. You have mm-hmm. to take the vaccine. So, are you uh, going to take the vaccine? Um, no, I don't think okay. so. Okay, we may have to run away in the future mobile. Yeah, well, that'll be a very low-profile getaway Yeah, they'll car. never see it. Yeah, they'll <laughs> never see. Just like any other vehicle that has Jesus and a bunch of radio yeah. guests riding on Kings horses. Of the and Earth and... Nephilim yeah, on it. Nephilim. And UFOs. Yeah. yeah, just like all the other cars out there. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, man. You know, last week we uh, had our normal kind of news segment talking about uh, the head of Blackwater possibly having people killed. and Yeah. There's, there's now been quotes about... Uh, them having a, a child sex ring oh, to, yeah, there's, to there's, service their uh, workers there. Well, he was flying he was flying illegal weapons in and out on his private planes. Uh, he's been implicated actually in a wife swapping uh, sort of organization that existed among the higher ups there at Blackwater mm-hmm. as well. well. My understanding is he actually got children there. Yes. To do sexual things for um, the workers. Yeah. Sort of as a reward they're for the in, workers. And that's been one country. of the things in court yes. that had been mm-hmm. alleged. And this is the same gentleman who, as I understand, is on the board of directors of Focus on the Family, mm-hmm. one of the main uh, guys of the Council on National Policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mom and dad helped really help get that kicked off and financed. Mm-hmm. Big giver to a lot of these main mm-hmm. things. And, you know, I, I, I don't think I've heard any of these ministries comment on these reports in the mainstream news. Sure. About what he's doing. Have you heard any of them, the ones that are being no. funded by well, him? Well, I don't listen to him too much, but I haven't seen anybody comment on okay. it. Probably because they fear that they'd wind up on one of those lists that he circulated, you know, like okay. the lawyers that he rubbed out, supposedly, okay. allegedly. But, but like a Christian ministry, if they had taken, say, half a million dollars or more from him or his foundation, and they find out he's doing these things, even credible allegations... Yeah, wouldn't you think as a Christian organization they would come forward and say, "Hey, a man's due his time in court," but if this is true, we repudiate this, uh-huh. particularly when you're on the board of directors. Of course, well, of course, that would be that would be the stand-up stand-up thing to do. And I would think and you would even see that on Drudge Report in places that you might come across if somebody oh, did sure they, that. They would. I if I was as in that position, story as that yeah, is. If I was in position in that position as a prominent minister and. I found out somebody who on my board was uh, running child sex rings and guns and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. I would make it uh, very public that I said, look. Distance yourself from Yeah, it, I right? would say, look, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in court. But if this is true, I didn't have anything to do with yeah. it, and I'm just really sorry that it happened. Why, why don't you think they're not? Why do you think they're not doing You're it? opening a can of worms with me, bub. Okay. I think our listeners ought to ask themselves that question. Yeah. And people who actually support some of these ministries. <clears throat> Uh, that was one thing we talked about last week, and that there's more data coming out on that. The other thing we talked about was uh, the, the article in GoArmy.com, and I want to thank one of our listeners for sending that to me, uh, that was showing they're actually recruiting civilian internment uh, workers. Mm-hmm. For I, civilian sent that, inter- I sent that to a, a family member, and they said, well, I, lo- I watched the video, and it doesn't specifically say that they're going to be arresting citizens. And, so, And I said, look at... The heading, Civilian Internment Specialist. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, that could mean anything. <laughs> so then this one you have to say, don't waste my time with you. <laughs> well, since that time, yeah. it's starting to hit mainstream. I pull off two major articles, one from World Net Daily, 
about internment camps, and uh-huh. one that I'm going to share with you right now about from Chuck Baldwin, oh, who was the sure. Constitution Party uh, presidential nominee. Now, it's they used to say this was the stuff of crackpot conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even um, uh, Glenn Beck did a hit piece on it to try to show that anybody who even thought of this kind of stuff was insane. Mm-hmm. So he's already come down and said, you guys are nuts. But it has turned a corner. And so now here, let me just share with you what Chuck Baldwin just wrote this week. Our, why are internment camps being built by Chuck Baldwin? Mm-hmm. Very credible guy. Mm-hmm. The Internet is abuzz with news about the construction of internment camps all across America. Of course, quote, mainstream media outlets refuse to touch the subject, or if they do, they poo-poo the story. They do what Glenn Beck recently did, try to debunk the story as fallacious and impugn people who speak of it as conspiracy nuts. The fact that the Becks, Hannity's, Limbaugh's, and O'Reilly's of the media circus refuse to deal with the construction of long, large numbers of internment camps does not make them disappear, however. For starters, all anyone needs to do is to begin a serious investigation of the subject of internment camps is to Google the phrase FEMA camps. There is more than enough evidence in that search engine alone to keep one busy with some in-depth private investigation of the subject for quite a while. Now, as people uh, read my columns all across America, I've had numerous readers contact me saying that they have personally witnessed the transportation of construction materials used for internment camps, have actually worked in and around them, or have personally seen such camps. These eyewitness testimonies have come from very credible people, including law enforcement and military personnel, as well as airline pilots and construction workers. Really? These are people who have stepped forward to say they have been there and seen them. I wonder if we can get some of those people I on. thought the same thought. Just a few weeks ago, I was aboard a cross-country flight when the passenger I was sitting next to, a total stranger, asked me to take a look out the window. He asked, do those look like internment camps to you? I was astonished that the man, one, would even know to notice such a potentiality, and two, would be so bold as to ask such a question of a total stranger. I must say I was extremely happy to make his acquaintance. We had a very warm and invigorating discussion the rest of the trip. We were flying over Colorado, over extreme wilderness terrain, and yes, right in the middle of nowhere, the buildings and surrounding features that I saw sure looked like internment camps to me. Of course, flying at over 30,000 feet in the sky makes it difficult for any kind of detailed analysis to take place, that is for sure. Uh, And then he refers to a friend sent this uh, URL from the National Guard. Now, this is the National Guard version of Mm -hmm. internment uh, recruiting. This is an advertisement by the National Guard promoting the military occupational specialty of internment slash resettlement specialist. Question, why does the National Guard need to recruit internment resettlement specialists? What do they know that we should know? Furthermore, I have had military personnel tell me that many of the U.S. military bases that have been recently, quote, closed, are also being prepared as large-scale, quote, holding areas. Obviously, the question that begs to be asked is, who is the U.S. government planning to intern and resettle? The other question is, how many people are they planning to intern that would require massive numbers of camps that are apparently being constructed? Yeah, all over the United States. All over the U.S. Some suggest that these facilities are being prepared for large numbers of illegal immigrants. This seems extremely doubtful, however, considering the propensity of the federal government to, one, do next to nothing to curtail the floods of illegal aliens, two, do nothing to apprehend illegals in the U.S., and three, to do everything it can to facilitate the release of the illegals. To think that the federal government intends to place thousands of illegal aliens in a tournament camp borders on lunacy. 
If anything, the federal government, with either Democrats or Republican in charge, has done everything to either entice illegals to America, provide every incentive for them to stay. I feel safe in saying that we can eliminate the possibility these camps are prepared for legal aliens. Others suggest these internment camps are being constructed to accommodate, quote, enemy combatants from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Yet the total number of these types of detainees is minuscule compared to the detention space being constructed. Can one really imagine the need to build facilities that could accommodate prisoners numbering in the tens of thousands to house a few hundred troops? I don't think so. Then, of course, there are all those who continue to deny that these internment camps exist at all. But then, were there not thousands of Germans who denied the existence of concentration camps during World War II? These types of people would refuse to believe the sun came up in the east if the government spinmeisters told them it didn't. That our federal government is building large number of, quote, holding areas or internment camps seems to be an established fact. The only questions that remain are why and for whom. At this point, the imagination can take us anywhere, but it is not a little disconcerting when the same federal government that is building these internment camps begins categorizing Christians, conservatives, people who support the Second Amendment, people who oppose abortion and homosexual marriage, people who oppose the North American Union and the New World Order, people who oppose the United Nations illegal immigration, and who voted for Ron Paul or Chuck Baldwin as, quote, extremists or, quote, potential dangerous militia members. I think I made it on to every single one of those Did lists. you hit all of them? Yeah. Anyone knows that before government can begin persecuting and imprisoning large groups of people, they must first marginalize them. As someone said, just because you're paranoid does not mean they really aren't trying to get you. In fact, an argument could be made that by today's politically correct definition, America's founding fathers would be categorized as, quote, paranoid, extremists, or potential dangerous militia members. I would even go so far as to question the patriotism of anyone today that is not a little paranoid. This federal government has certainly earned whatever paranoia citizens feel. Feelings of paranoia notwithstanding, why is the federal government constructing large numbers of internment camps? And who does the government plan on incarcerating in those camps? Those questions need to be answered. Heavy. Sorry, that's a long story. It's okay. Uh, I wish he'd be to... more direct. Yeah. You know, not know, really know where he stands. The bush. Yeah, he beats around the bush so much. this is a guy who has a lot of credential behind him. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, I even have a longer story from World Net Daily mm-hmm. about the same topic. Yes. Uh, the government is not going to take a shine to having these kind of people. See, they, they can't categorize all those people as nuts. They may say they're dangerous. Well, they certainly they may say, well, that you know, daily is dangerous, but they can't say they're nuts. Well, and they so certainly that have sticks it up. It's funny you mention that because they certainly have tried very hard. I don't know if you followed some of the crazy stuff that's gone on with this health care debate in general. Uh, Nancy Pelosi called anybody who he she said that the people who were protesting and raised standing up, you know, expressing their views at these different town hall forums. He said she said that they were nothing but uh, quote astroturf. And uh, mm-hmm. that they were walking around with swastikas on their arms and swastika flags parading in the street. Mm-hmm. And that they're un-American. Oh, and, and they're un-American. And they're un-American. There was a very interesting thing that uh, a gentleman on, I believe it was Fox News, it might be MSNBC, one of the news stations, mm-hmm. he got on and, and he said, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but just doesn't it doesn't it seem that calling Obama a socialist is really just a code for uh, using the N-word? <laughs> and uh, and the, the guest the guest he had on she said well yes actually I think that's very much what's going on that anybody who calls Obama uh-huh. a socialist is really uh, just a bigot know, racially a b- disgruntled bigot over racist. the presence. yeah um, well you know you're also saying 
and I'm really sad to say this, you've got union groups coming in as as basically uh, toughs to come oh, in yeah. and work over did you, people. Did you see that? They came in and just sort of physically worked over the people. Yeah, did you see beat that? Beat them up and stuff like that. Did you see that clip of that of that uh, that that older gentleman uh, at uh, Senator Dingle's? Uh, um, uh, he was having his town hall mm-hmm. meeting, and he's this this older gentleman gets up to, and somebody hands him a card like to say, you know, this is mm-hmm. what this is your script, and he looks at it and throws it down, and this uh, this big old burly guy tackles him and throws him to the ground. It's like an eighty year old guy, and and uh, uh, so then there's ensuing stuff, and mm-hmm. then uh, uh, Dingle realizes there's a camera there and goes, oh, let him up, let him speak, and he gets up and he says. I was told that I would be, have a chance to speak, but your guys gave me a script, and your guys tackled me. And if this is how America is, I don't want any part of it. And he just mm-hmm. goes on and on and on and says, you, you know, he says, when judgment day comes, you are going to stand before God, and he is going to look and say, I never knew you because of the stuff you're doing. Mm-hmm. We know where you people come from. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. You know, that's amazing because I just had to see a minute or two of a town hall meeting with um, Arlen Specter today. Mm-hmm. And an older man stepped up and said the same thing. He said to the effect, you don't even care about what I say. You and your cronies in Washington don't care anything about what we mm-hmm. say to people. And and he went on and on about this. And he said, he says, God is going to judge you and your cronies. Mm-hmm. We may not get you, but God is going to judge you for what you're doing when you're going to. Yeah basically stand before God. And boy, that really, that shook him yeah. uh, before that. And, and, and the crackdown is coming. People don't think of left-wing uh, totalitarianism very much. They think, oh, it's anything goes. Yeah, it's just because they don't have can a good say whatever. on totalitarianism. But yeah. if, if, if you don't say what the party line is, mm-hmm. right-wing or left-wing, mm-hmm. the hammer comes down. And uh, one day Future Quake won't be on the air. Oh, that's cool. We'll it have could a prison be, ministry. It, it could be other Christian people that don't have us on. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm thankful for all of our listeners. Yeah. And I tell you, someone else who can uh, tell you how to contact us, if you have any comments about our show. Speaking of the party line. <laughs> I, I, I hope you won't act like some of the people at the town hall meetings. Yeah. Hopefully you'll, you know, won't say anything about us and the judgment. But yeah, there you go. Either way, you can contact us. And Merv, tell them how they can contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're in the last 10 or 15 seconds. Oh, uh, let's just go. Any other stories to be looking at for next week? Well, the whole thing that British people topics. are, yeah, British people are facing wartime rationing. That's one of the things. Really? Got, yeah, that's one of the stories I had here. We didn't get a well, chance to get to it. Watch the, watch the Lebanese border. Crazy mm-hmm. stuff happening there, too. Mm-hmm. But we'll cover it all. We've got a fantastic guest next week and more news stories. Till then, we hope your future's bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.